It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Yes, good morning, everybody. It is a Tuesday. Great to have your company right here for Summer Breakfast. The McCafe menu today, as always, of course, our official coffee partner. We've got Sarah Rowe. I'll tell you what, talk about uh, code-hopping, multi-faceted and talented sports people. Sarah Rowe is certainly all of that. Melbourne Victory and Collingwood AFLW play Gaelic before that as well back home in her native island. Sarah's going to join us after playing her first game for the Victory in the A-League Women's Comp. Uh, Beth Mooney, Australian cricket star, as they announced the T20 squad today out of 8am. And Bryce Gibbs is going to join us as well from uh, across the border. AFL Nation expert, former Blue, former Crow as well. The sudden retirement, well... Sudden for those of us on the outside, uh, former high draft pick Fisher Mackesy at the Crows. SEM Breakfast, as always, for the Kogan Money credit card. She's packed full of value, as is my old mate Simon O'Donnell. Welcome, Scooby. Yeah, morning, Sammy. Good to be here. Um, uh, I look forward to after eight. You've brought in what you promised to bring in, your pizza special. So that'll be getting a little warm up and uh, the morning after uh, taste test. But I'm sure it, I don't mind tell you what it is. It presents beautifully. So well, you don't congratulations have a, on that. You don't have a cravat, so you're a poor man's Matt Preston. Where's your cravat? I feel like I'm on MasterChef. I've just dished up my plate. What do they say on the shows like that? This is a made with love. Don't it's worry made about the with cravat, love. Mate, uh, <laughs> when I open a Yolumba signature while I'm having it uh, after eight, it's glossless. after eight o'clock this morning, I hope it's all right. You'll know you're getting a proper taste test. I, sure. I hope it's all right because the dough <laughs> had to be frozen and then obviously it was cooked last night. So it's, you'll have to, it, it's come in under some sort of suffering. So if you allow me a, a little uh, bit of grace. I, well, I'll tell you what, the presentation, magnificent. What, in that Tupperware made <laughs> no, in 1981? I'm not talking about the Tupperware container. <laughs> Seen a few spag bowls that Tupperware, I can tell you. A few frozen spag bowls. <laughs> Don't worry, thoroughly washed, thoroughly uh, washed. So, um, no, I'm looking forward to, looking forward to that. Uh, I know this isn't sport. I'm not sure. I can't read Harry. I've had enough of Harry. Oh, every time I turn on the TV, he's on. Uh, there's a new headline. Oh. There's a new. Obviously, the book uh, publicity is uh, at fever pitch at the moment. Every time you look up at the TV, Sunrise is having a field day. Oh, when's it going to stop? No, I don't know if it is. Every day, yeah. front page. Yeah, did two Another big revelation. Sit, two big sit downs um, with uh, <laughs> with British TV and obviously US TV over the weekend. That's just pure saturation. Uh, my mum loves it as well. Frenzy, isn't it? She can't get enough of it, my mum, of the royal family no. and the fallout and everything. I feel like I'm surrounded by it. Poor Queen. Yeah. Phil. Now, the, the pizza's coming cold, but I, I, I look, if I was uh, like that, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram. There's a DoorDash guy who was in a real hurry yesterday. He took his little bike. You know, they have those e-bikes, but you can pedal yeah. them with a little yeah, yeah. sort of baggie on the back. Give you a bit of a kick He's, along then. There he is, furiously pedaling over the Westgate at sunset. <laughs> Motorist driving past him, going, "What the can't hell? Do that, can you?" In the middle of the no, surely not. In the middle of the Westgate, furiously pedalling, wow, getting over the Westgate on his e-bike, going about probably forty or fifty kilometres an hour. Those Coppers things. Coppers come up behind him and give him a 
Unbelievable. Chaperone him off the bridge. Uh, that man was in a hurry. So if you're receiving his order, you're in good hands. Well, you might not have been in good hands. Oh, he was a deliverer. He was deliverer. He was like a DoorDash man. Scenario. He had food oh. in the back. I didn't get that. When you said DoorDash, I thought, oh, no, okay. he, had a bur- I thought he was a builder. Must have had a burger that was getting cold. <laughs> trying to deliver it over to Yarraville or <laughs> Williamstown or something. over the bridge. Over the Westgate. So someone's gone on to Uber Eats and sort of got the Port Melbourne burger shop Obviously. from Williamstown. And he's peddling over to deliver. Very good Chinese takeaway in Port Melbourne, for all I know. Yeah, man who takes his job very seriously if he's willing to put his life on the line to deliver it. Should have wound the window down and said, "Good on you, copper." Fifty-eight with black bean sauce can't be getting cold. (laughs) Got to get it over the gate. It might have been getting wet if he didn't watch himself. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just wanted to a lot of tennis. Speaking of saturation coverage, a lot of talk around the tennis and the Australian Open, of course, and the Adelaide International, and all sorts of warm-up competitions going on at the moment. I, I want to ask you: Does any other sport? Better illustrate how much our attitude to COVID has changed, like the Australian Open and everything mm. around it. So 12 months ago, Novak's detained. He's deported. Now, that was a government decision, I know, but not TA, but he was here for the tennis. This year, players don't have to test. They don't have to tell anyone they're positive. They can play positive, and it's like it doesn't exist. I'm not arguing one way or the other. I'm just saying in the space of 12 months, mm. is there a sport that has had to, to live one extreme to the other more than the Australian Open. I mean, last year they had to test daily. They had to isolate if positive the players. They also had to be vaccinated, of course. Uh, and and in, in last year the event took place in a, a quote-unquote biosecure mm. bubble. Now, carte blanche. Go for your life. Yep, what COVID? Go for your life. Who Isn't cares? it incredible? Mm. Absolutely it, All in the space of 12 months. Absolutely incredible. And the, I'm not young. She's about 31, I think. But uh, the uh, Italian Camilla Giorgi. Camilla Giorgi. Mm. She maybe had a bit of a problem with last year's documents that she's facing a few problems because an Italian doctor was just sort of writing out, yep, been vaccinated scripts wherever you wanted them. Might and have done herself a bit of, mischief. Allegedly, allegedly. She's in a bit of strife over there and turns out Camilla was um, one, of, one of her patients. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Bit Might of trouble. Bit of done herself a bit of mischief. I hope uh, not because she's good for the tournament. Oh, it was that? It's a good player. Good player. Very good yeah, player. Very good player. Yeah, very good player. It generally gets to the you know the very good player. The second or third round, so you yeah. get a couple of looks at uh, qualities. Yeah. yeah. Is it a forehand or a backhand that both. you're most impressed both. by? So okay. good serve. Good at the net. Uh, more not of a so baseline? much. No, she's more the baseline, that okay. traditional baseline sort of European player that's been brought up right. on those slower. Good court. ball striker. Yeah, you've got to get you know squat down low and, yes. and you know really use your legs and, yes. and get power out of your I legs. Know you're an aficionado of her game. Yep. And her craft. So I've hey, gone on from soccer and now I'm an aficionado on tennis. Brace yourself for more Justin Langer discussion as well. Oh, so just, no. I know it's been done. I know, no. and it has. But the test doco Barry, launches Friday. So Lang, things, yes, Barry. I know. I know. There's a bit of, uh, oh. there's a bit of Harry about it. Um, the Australian cricket team are about to shed more light on what led to his departure as coach. Uh, all the players speak as part of, uh, Prime's documentary, which launches Friday, of course. We spoke about it yesterday with Usman Khawaja. He's one of the, a number of players featured who uh, speak about, um, you know, the fear that some players had around Justin Langer's ups and downs. Um, they say they're walking on eggshells around him. Obviously, they agreed to part ways mutually, of course, last February after players expressed some concerns over his coaching style. So the test is about to lift the lid on mm. it all over again. So we might get into this a little bit out of seven. Play some audio. Wait, because we do the test on? When, Starts Friday. Starts Friday. Friday. Yeah. How on Amazon for? Prime. No, I know. I know your feelings how on this, and I'm a bit for? the same. Oh, I'm not sure. How Haven't yet. we done this? <laughs> yes. We're going to do it we again. Have. 
It's interesting in this Can test, someone though, get Lang and just put him in a headlock? He doesn't feature in this one, actually. No, so. but if, with what others say, can someone headlock him and just take him down? <laughs> What's the furthest southern beach in Western Australia? Margaret River. Let's get him down there. Somewhere further south than that. Yeah, but yeah. Well, or Albany. Yep. Let's yes. go down there. Yep. Go down there. Let's have him fishing for a week or 10 days. Off the grid. To let this come on the telly and then off the telly and then everyone can can uh, dissect it whatever way they want. Yep. And then Lang comes back on the grid. I like the word, the grid. Off Let's the grid. get him off the grid, then back on the grid, and then we can all live happily ever after. Okay. Maybe we should get him to go to that uh, Mount Chapel Island in Tasmania. Did you see that in the news? Oh, they reckon it's the How did op- you find this? <laughs> Seriously, you've got issues. I walk in this morning, you know I hate snakes. <laughs> I walk in this morning and you said, mate, there's prehistoric snakes on an island it's, of Tassie. It's news.com.au. I fall for the clickbait all the time. <laughs> but when the opening paragraph reads like this, a tiny, barely inhabited island off the coast of Tasmania has become home to an enormous population of mutant bird-eating tiger snakes. I'm clicking, I'm clicking on it. They're said to be much, much bigger and more aggressive than their tiger snake cousins on They're the mainland. They're hungry. They're hungry. They, they, the giant reptiles are said to be twice as big, in fact. Like a kind of local folklore, this report says, stories abound of visitors landing on the island only to flee at the sight of dozens of slithering massive snakes, <laughs> like snakes on a plane, the sequel or something. Mount Chapel Island, have you ever heard of Why that Why do place? you do that? I won't sleep tonight now. I won't either. I'm not going anywhere near that place. There's a place on it that's Mount become Chapel known Island. as Snake Alley, where they live in these mutton bird burrows and gorge on mutton bird chicks. And does anyone oh. live on the island? There's Or two have they people. been eaten as well? I think <laughs> there's a man who lives on the island who is quoted in the story. In fact, uh, he's quoted by the ABC, Park Ranger Graham well, Stonehouse. right then. Just one of two residents living among the mutants. <laughs> but he insists they're not harmful. That's the famous last line before he's chomped in the movie. So they're, they're mutant and they're, they're chomping and they're, they're taking us back to um, the era of you know, the dinosaur yeah. with their size, yet they're, uh, now they're harmless. Welcome to Jurassic Park. There you go. Hey, by the way, just on the test, just coming back to that for a minute, you see um, there's a little teaser that um, Pat Cummins gets added to a WhatsApp group when he was named captain. Legends group. The Legends group. We already was in a Legends group. Yep, with Stark and Hazelwood, but which it, I, I quite like. Yeah. You know, hey, boys, we're the bowling, Us you know, bowling we're the cartel. bowling boys. That's us. We're the legends of this team. I like that. But good, as, you're, thinking. as you're about to hear, he got added to another one. And I've just been added to a WhatsApp group called Legends. With Scott Morrison and Justin in it. <laughs> we have a WhatsApp group, Hoff, Starkey and I called Legends. Hope I don't send anything to the wrong group. <laughs> Which I think he did, actually. He accidentally texted, comes out later, he texts some dinner plans to ScoMo. <laughs> ScoMo lobbed for dinner? ScoMo didn't with his ukulele. No, he did not. <laughs> but there's a WhatsApp group. Only one of them is still actually in their position. Yeah. The other two... Not long later. He's, he's a powerful man, Paddy Cummins. Mm, Don't worry about that. That's right. If that's, he if he invites you to dinner on WhatsApp, you go. What's the theme of that story? What will you tell me? Don't ever have Paddy Cummins in a WhatsApp group. With you. <laughs> you're done. You end up. You're gone. Your career's it's it's history. Just slices and dices it. Oh, uh, jeez. You know that Demar Hamlin or 
can I call it a tribute game? We talked about it a bit yesterday. Well, the, the first game the Buffalo Bills have played since DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field, they dedicated it to him. The Bills beat the Pats if you followed the NFL, and all the players came out wearing you know, Hamlin shirts and number three, uh, his number obviously patches on their own shirts, and the 30-yard marker was marked in blue. But that kickoff return in the first play of the game for that touchdown, 18 seconds into their first game since uh, DeMar collapsed, was their first kickoff return for a touchdown in three years and three mm. months. Here's the... Well, I call it coincidence, but people point to a higher existence mm. for things like this. And they were all really moved emotionally and such. And you can understand that over there. It's been a massive story. And he's said to be doing quite well, Demar Hamlin. He watched the game from his hospital bed over there in the States. And that's amazing. Three years, three months for the number three. Safety. I don't mean to make light of his, you know, his, his problems. Well, certainly I hope not. But that wouldn't have done his ticket much good. Watching that, that's true. That would have given been a good stress. That would have been a good stress test. Before, before this happens, and the theme becomes the whole part of this morning. The snakes. Yeah. Can you? No, no snake texts, please. We've got you know, ten of the world's deadliest snakes and spiders all live in Australia. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for letting us know that. Snakes are blind. Seagulls have taken their eyes out. So it says here, though, that the Please, mutton no bird... More... No, don't go to the island again. No, just because they're so big. It says the mutton bird chicks are only young enough to lunch on for about five weeks each year, after which they become too big to eat. Hence the snake's oversized heads. <laughs> My goodness. Don't go anywhere near Mount Chapel, all right? I've never heard of that island, but if you're ever there, out there having a fish or whatever... Don't, what if you're don't in dog... the Sydney to Hobart and your rudder broke? <laughs> And land! <laughs> There's land, go there, and you landed on the island of the snakes. Like, how terrible is that? What a great movie, and they're all up in the sails <laughs> and around the masts, <laughs> down into the, chasing you down underground, under, into the, oh, yeah, anyway. Because that's interesting with the snake's head being, because they, they flatten their head out to bite you. Oh, right. And get a better hold of you. Yeah, okay. Thanks. So that'd be a really wide head. <laughs> You know, we'll just get to a break. Speaking of uh, look up at the TV, you know, this time yesterday we were marvelling at the performance of Colin Morikawa over there at the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii. <laughs> and at one point he was 26 under. He, yeah, I know. He was up by seven strokes, right? A handful of shots into the final round. He lost from there. Mm. Johnny Ram run him down. Johnny Ram run him down with a final round 63 to finish 27 under. And that wasn't just a Mickey Mouse tournament. That was th- three and a half million shells. Oh, Aussie, I think. Yeah. That's a huge payday. Yeah, we Watch this. Oh, isn't Morikawa smacking these blokes? And in fact, he now will Johnny go into the history yeah. books, Colin, for uh, tied, he equaled the PGA record for the biggest for losing the biggest 54-hole lead, which I think was six shots at the time. So going in the final round, I think he was yeah. six shots up. He got a seven strokes up, as I say, maybe mm. four holes into the final round, and he lost from there. Yeah. Wow. It's going to take some coming back for no, that. Will, will. That'll, um, that'll haunt him his next oh. major when he starts you know, being in contention on the final day. He's got to have to get his head around that. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card. It's packed full of value. Plenty to get to today. And, and remiss of me not to mention the return of the last fan standing quiz. We're going mm. to send you to India. Someone's going to go, you and a friend, to India for the second test, Australia and India over there uh, in February. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you have to do is to be crowned the last fan standing. We're going to play that later on today. We'll detail it across the morning. Stay with us. Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell off and running here on Summer Break.
The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Off the text, uh, Scoob, all we need now is to see Prince Harry on the Amazon Test Series defending Langer and we'll have the Cornella. <laughs> Uh, most read and heard and seen uh, news stories across the summer. I tell you what, Tony Sage, the uh, Perth Glory chairman in the A League, um, very uh, wealthy man about town in Perth. Morning, did, man. Morning, man. Didn't miss Melbourne Victory uh, recently, did he? I saw the headlines yesterday. Um, obviously, Melbourne Victory spent big in the off season. Have had a difficult start to the year. Struggled to find uh, the back of the net. He called them the Glory B team at the moment. How they can't score with that talent up front. Is unbelievable. And he went right on the attack. He said, obviously, they won't make the finals. It's a fall from grace from one of the biggest clubs. All sorts of headlines mm. there in the A-League. Interesting timing from Tony because uh, federal police are accusing uh, the, the um, as I say, the Perth Glory owner of bribing an official in Sierra Leone over an iron ore project, a, a decade-long investigation. So Tony's been in the news already. And now he's gone and made his own news, um, just as the documents are lodged with the federal court as part of that uh, dispute between he and the AFP. And it's been running for, as I say, 10 years, since 2023. Um, a couple of years ago, he <laughs> infamously, well, it would it appeared as though he he got caught out using the burner account to praise himself as well, Tony, which, is, which was unfortunate. But... Um, just on Facebook there. I don't know if you saw this at the time, but geez, it made us laugh a couple of years ago. He's um, he on Facebook wanted to post a note thanking Tony Sage, but he did it under his profile. So it says Tony Sage underneath. Hey Tony, thinking of you daily. You know, I know you've been overwhelmed with messages. Uh, I, I'm devastated for you and the club and what was meant to be an amazing um, a Champions League experience. You know, thoughts with you. This will pass. Be strong. Lots of love, Ellen. <laughs> and then he's posted underneath it from his own account again saying, thanks, Ellen. <laughs> Thanking himself. If you're going to use those burner accounts, you've got to be a little bit more careful, mm-hmm. don't you? And you probably should sort of say, I have a rule that you know, we don't use them after 8 p.m. or 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Is to there avoid, a time when they were posted? To avoid is there, confusion. Is there, actually not, a, is there a time on oh, the top of that message would, when it was posted? There would be, but I don't, I'm not sure of it, but uh, there would be. Oh, gee, they were back at uh, training yesterday, the footy clubs as well. First day back after the Christmas yep. break. And Saints, Saints heavy in the paper this morning. What's couple happening? Pages. What's oh, happening down at your going club? Going well. Ross is relaxed. Hilly's won the time trial. Saw that. Yeah. Um, wind, windbagger was windbagger? third. Yeah, he's he's third. We're, we're fine along the windbagger. We call him the windbagger. Okay. Um, uh, he'll take the air out of you. Don't yeah, I that. like it. Yeah, mm. all right. Yep. Well, Brad Hill strikes you as the sort of player that could really respond under Ross, though, doesn't he? Well, he's done well under Ross. Yes, before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, fingers crossed. Now we're all back. Melbourne. Well, they want to settle him, uh, so that's good. Who else do we see in the paper? The emoji, thumbs up, and we all move on. Yeah. They're working out at the D's. They were everywhere. everywhere uh, all back into out. it. North Melbourne back into it. Um, they were watering plants at North Melbourne, or, or at least Clarko, as he said to the players, <laughs> he was supposed to be watering plants. I was saying to JB this morning, my, my daughter and uh, and wife went up to visit my, my um, my other daughter in, in Brisbane, and they gave me the job of make sure you water all the plants while, you, uh, while we're gone. So um, Georgia had uh, a plant in her room, so um, I'd go in there every, every day and you know, water, water the plant. Anyway, they got back, and I'm pretty proud of myself that I'd actually done my job. Um, and Georgia came in and said, Dad, what, what happened to my plant? You didn't water my plant? I said, I water it every day. 
The problem was the plane I was watering was an artificial plant. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was just inside a door. The real plant that was, uh, it was dead as a door. <laughs> was anyone else? Was anyone else in your group that you say, "Lad, we got to tell this story"? My little brother didn't know what to get for Christmas, so he just bought a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Alistair Clarkson. Now that last voice was Taryn Thomas. Anyone else got a story? And Todd Viney put his hand up and said, "Taz got a rabbit." Like I said, come again. He goes, well, my little brother didn't know what to get me for Christmas, so he got me a bunny rabbit. That's a bit random, isn't it? It is a bit random. But what about the watering of the plants? So have you ever... Well, he, he did live in a chicken, Todd, so, you know, the countryside of it. Might yeah, have been a bit yeah. of a gag in that. It might, it might have been. No, I think he legitimately, Taryn Thomas, was given a bunny rabbit for Christmas. Um, but have you ever been somewhere, it got me thinking, had to babysit a home, home sit, whatever, look after a residence... You've been entrusted with something as a small price to pay for the joy of staying at this residence. Just make sure the dog gets fed. Just make sure the birds get fed. Just make sure little Fido gets taken for a walk every now and then. Make sure you feed the cat, whatever it might be, and you've totally botched it. The one job, you had one job and you've totally botched it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I thought I'd throw it out there. Clarko failed the plant watering test. The temper 40 wings text is 0433981116. Sarah Rowe's going to join us later on. Beth Mooney as well. That T20 squad will be announced in about 90 minutes' time. Bryce Gibbs is going to join us as well. AFL Nation expert, but absolutely knew what it took to succeed at the highest level. And we'll get his take on the now, unfortunately, former Crow Fisher Mackesy. The Koga Money credit card. Well, she's packed full of value here, and they pair us at SEN Breakfast. The Temper 40 Wings text, by the way, are the consumer's choice winner. The Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforming to the exact shape of your body. Simon, we might take a break for the news headlines, which means, you know what that mm. means? The McCafe. I just heard yep. the machine go on before. Nadia's in. We'll fire that up. Nice strong latte this morning, I reckon. Yeah, yeah might as well. And when are you going to dust off that uh, pizza, that After Tupperware? After eight. After eight, Because okay. I'm just letting the uh, Shiraz breathe right. to go with <laughs> I it. I saw you took the lid off that mm. just a moment ago. Okay, we'll get to the news headlines with Anna Pav and back after those. Oh, I don't mind pizza for brekkie. Welcome back. Uh, great to hear from Anna this morning. A sports update is for Toro. I reckon I'm getting that right. Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on... Toro, over at Port Adelaide, uh, they resumed as well yesterday, Scoob, and Ken Hinckley, the coach there, says a fit Orazio Fantasia will be like a new recruit for the coaching staff this season, given he's been so hampered with injury over the past couple of seasons. Hinckley said Fantasia and Horn Francis both tracking well as the club returned to pre-season yesterday. I think uh, the Hornet and Ollie Wines both training away from the main group after their knee surgeries, but they're on track to resume maybe some skills work next week. And Orazio, you know, didn't play a single minute last season, so it'll be good to have him back uh, in the tier. Time trials are always the go when everyone comes back from uh, Christmas and a couple of the results there. Brad Hill won the Saints one uh, pretty easily yesterday. Adam Tomlinson That's a big won result. it for Melbourne. That is a big result, yes. isn't it? Uh, now, he's coming him. off injury, isn't he? He is. He's coming yep. off a knee. And, and also, but also lost his spot in the side when he was fit. So that's a... That's a big result for him. Good on him. And Brody Grundy down there at the D's uh, scoop says there's already a bromance growing between him and Max Gorn. He said they did have a moment in training pre-Christmas where they were locking horns and sweating it out. And Brody turned to him and said, you know, how's, this just feels so strange that we're teammates after all these years of doing battle. 
Yeah, well, we wish them well. It's, it's a tell you what, it's a formidable combination. Oh. Uh, Craig Tyler in the Australian Open, they're a formidable combination as well because he's dismissed suggestions the event should be moved to another date. He said it was an absolute bizarre yeah. claim, in his words. Bizarre. Yep. We did speak about that yesterday. Uh, Alex Demonor says he feels as good as he's ever felt coming into next week's Aussie Open. World number 24 beat Rafa Nadal for the first time in his career last week, so he's riding a wave of um, of confidence at the moment. Uh, retirement, Gareth Bale. He's announced his retirement from professional football at the age of 33. Brings to an end a career that saw Bale excel for Southampton, Tottenham, Hotspur, Real Madrid, uh, while establishing himself as one of the greatest players in Welsh footy history. So, um, and, and did really well in the World Cup. I he reckon. did do quite well for Wales, yeah. yeah. In his prime, a flying winger uh, at Spurs, played some great football for them. Australian uh, baseballer Liam Hendricks, who plays Major League Baseball for the Chicago White Sox. Unfortunate news this, uh, to say the least. will begin immediate treatment after being diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. We wish him and his family well with that. That sports update was for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. And a La Liga update. Don't miss a second um, of the Premier League action only on Optus Sport. Uh, that would be the Premier League, not La Liga. He's on Optus Sport, although, oh, well, maybe it is both. The La Liga as well. And you can catch the Premier League on Optus Sport. There you go, Scoop. Mm. I feel like both leagues, which both. I know that you do. And Barcelona are on top of La Liga as well. Three points ahead of their arch rivals, Real Madrid, uh, the Premier League only on Optus Sport. Um, a couple of texts coming through on yeah. how sitting uh, situations gone wrong. So we might park those and get to them in a moment. Uh, whenever your house sat, had to look after something, and it's just gone a little bit awry. Um, we'll take a break. Back after this, Sarah Rowe's going to join us as well. If anyone knows anything about cross sport and code hopping and such, it is uh, Sarah Rowe who's uh, just signed a little contract and played her first game with a Melbourne victory, as you do, A-League mm. women, uh, Collingwood AFLW player. Enough time in the year for yeah, Sarah. We fit it all in. We'll have a chat to Sarah in a moment. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Great to have your company on SEN Summer Breakfast. Our McCafe coffee catch-up. You want to be ready for anything with a McCafe iced coffee. We'll go down well a little bit later on today. Sarah Rose Simon, well, she's a triple code sportswoman. She started in football in her native Ireland, then she moved to Gaelic. And then on our shores, she thought, you know what, I'll sign with Collingwood in the AFLW. Well, Sarah's just played her first game for Melbourne Victory in the A-League Women, having signed a three-week injury replacement contract. She's a busy woman, so we appreciate her time this morning. Sarah, welcome. Sarah, have we got you there? No, I can hear car. I mm. can't hear Sarah. She's a lot the, of fresh air. She's in the vehicle. Actually, does fresh air make a noise? Uh, at 100 kilometres an hour, it probably would if yeah. you wound the window down. It's making noise. Oh, we'll try her again, see if she's, uh, see if she's on the line. Sarah, knock, have, knock. You, have you got us there? No, we don't. Well, that's a curious uh, situation. It is. I hear background noise, but I don't hear the lovely Sarah. No, we'll try her again. She we was ready and on the line before we went to her. Technology is amazing thing sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> you say that. Well, we can hear everything around Sarah, but we can't hear Sarah. 
<laughs> You've got a rueful look on your face. I know it could be. I hope it's not one of those mornings because we need the phone lines working. You know why? We're going to be giving away the, another a spot on our in our hot seat for to go on the running of the trip to India. And as the quiz master, I, I need that working because there's it, quite a bit of pressure on me. Not you. You just read out the prizes. You, you're just... How do you yeah, feel you're I'm, I'm guiding people through 11 questions. You know, it's gut-wrenching stuff. How did you feel you went yesterday? Well, look, reports were good. Were they? Yeah, that... Yeah, it was a pass. Right. I wouldn't have, you know, I'm sort of at 60%. People are wanting more. They're wanting a bit of entertainment in between. But it was a bit hard with Coxie having his say after every answer. Yes. That was probably wearing a bit thin on a lot of people at that stage. But we'll just see how Coxie reacts well, to that level, this morning. In the levels of pressure, the pressure ladder, Brooksy does an amazing job, but he's under more pressure than you because he's got to come up with 11 questions every day that, that are uh, challenging but not too challenging. Mm. And he went down the captaincy path yesterday, so we'll wait and see. He's kept his cards close to his chest today, what sort of theme he's got uh, today. And the other good thing with the quiz, there's, there's room for an ad lib and just make up an answer, which I quite like. What do you mean? Well, we went to two multiple choices that oh, yeah, weren't yeah. there yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You, and there you was decided. one on the captaincy of Ricky Ponting, I think it was most most captain winning teams. And it was Ricky Ponting. And I said, and I went to the answer and said, Ricky Ponting, A, B, <laughs> Michael Clark, C, Alan Border. So if you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, the Maccas, together with us here at SEM, we're giving you and a mate, a friend, a loved one, the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India and Australia, next month. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you have to do is to be crowned the last fan standing. So every day in summer breakfast slot right here and across the day, we'll give 11 cricket questions. And the last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win. So on Monday, January 30, if you're lucky enough to be one of our daily winners, you'll go into the pool to be the final last fan standing and the chance to take the overall prize. So that overall prize is flights for you and someone else to Delhi. Five Nights premium five-star accommodation, not that stuff that Scoob stayed in when he was playing for the Aussies. Uh, attend a sports luncheon with SEN's commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket. Which I'm working to get on that commentary. <laughs> you will be now. $1,000 spending money also. Are you eligible for that as well? And it's all thanks to our great friends at Maccas. We've flown footy fans all over the country down the years. Now it's time to go global. Yeah, I saw Jules Bayard yesterday and said, mate, I need to be on that commentary team. I've got a meeting with Sam Thompson this morning, who's the national program manager, to get me on that team. And then Hutchie returns, as far as I understand, next Monday. Right. And the first face he'll see when he gets out of the lift at his, uh, at, you know, the Grand Poobar's level up, you know, fifth yours. floor. It's mine. What's your pitch going to be? Just, mate, you need me. <laughs> they need you. Or to entertain this folk, after running the quiz, I, I think I deserve a seat on the plane. Okay, here's the question that's just lobbed Not on. Not down the, t- the back either. <laughs> you don't travel any other way. Here's a question for you from another Simon off the 40 Wings temper, and I'll read this out because there's a wager happening here. Simon, says Simon, do you do the voiceover for the Bundaberg TV ad? A mate and I have 50 bucks on this. Oh. You don't, do you? No, I don't. Mm. No. Sorry, Simon. Simon doesn't. Sorry, Simon. So I'm not sure if you're coughing up or your mate is, but yep. someone owes someone 50 yeah. Sorry 50 about smackers. that. No, not me. Not I, me. Hey, I was speaking about... Um, I was suggesting. I hope the right people are listening. I'd love to voice a Bundy ad. Would you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I reckon you'd have a good Bundy voice. Rom. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have a good voice for that stuff. Yeah, you too can fight. Good sort of baritone. Uh, Roy's texting you. I was speaking about Alistair Clarkson and uh, the, the plant, plant watering. watering fail. When have, you had to, when have you been given one job? 
and you've totally mucked it up. Roy says, good morning, lads. I'll clean the auntie's garage. I dropped a 40-year-old big jar of pickled garlic. She still hasn't spoken to me in 15 years. Pickled garlic jar's just gone smash and auntie's not having it. That's a valuable, valuable jar of likes pickles. Likes the lady that likes her pickled garlic. Hours sat for my folks' best friends. They had a full chicken coop. Safe to say there wasn't many left when they got home. Hard news to break to them. Mm. Foxes get in there or what? Yeah, foxes. Now, Cam in Churnside Park. Good morning, lads. Happy New Year. The only way to reheat pizza is in the air fryer. Makes it nice and crispy. You know, Cam, I might be the only person left on this earth, or maybe one of only two, because I don't think you own one other, do you, Scoop? Who doesn't have an air fryer? No, I don't have an air fryer. Everyone's buying these things. I don't... uh... We were talking to Ian Healy on the Sporting Flame the other night, and he's massive on the air fryer. Really? Yeah, massive on it. I reckon the name doesn't help them because I don't like the idea of frying something. But I know it's not like that. It's, not it's, fr- an, it's, an whole, air, it's yeah. a healthy fry. People say, oh, dim sims are great in them. Well, what if you don't want to fry up a dim sim? And, yeah. We get a lot <laughs> of people good in ringing in and slicing their dim sim in half and putting them on the grill yeah, of the barbie. Uh, yeah, that's, what's that? that's a Maui oyster, isn't it? Oh, it's called a Maui oyster. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> That's a Maui oyster. <laughs> a dim sim on the grill of the of the barbie. Chopped it up. Before. Maui oyster. Crisp right up. It's a delicacy out that way. What are you talking about? That's a that's not a new thing. That's a that's a local delicacy. Haven't you been out there, Bonnie Doon way, Maui and had a Maui oyster? Bonnie Doon. Bonnie Doon's fond Maui of it as well. Maui. I know, but they like a Maui oyster as well. You're trying to get out of it now because no. you, you, you've, you've singled thing. out Maui. You Google Maui oyster. Tell me oh, what comes up. Dear me. But they like it out in the, the some parts of Victoria that are sort of more rural. They like those. That's a, and I haven't tried it. Maybe it's a winner. I'm going to try I need to try it at some stage. I'm not allowed to let a dimmy in the house. Well, Sarah, Chris is suggesting Sarah wasn't calling in from Mount Chapel Island, was she? I hope she wasn't. <laughs> she might have been taken by one of those massive tiger snakes. No, I was looking forward to having a chat to her, and I hope we can fix the phones. Um, but hers is an interesting story because she signed that three-week injury replacement contract at the Victory and, and had a 1-1 draw Friday night with Perth Glory playing in the other – did play for a Republic of Ireland, as I say, a native country, and under, under 15, 17, under 19 level, I think. But how interesting that Collingwood would give her the permission to go and play um, you know, A-League women during the, the off-season, which is great. Is there an alternative to a Sharon football being leather? Why? Well, there's a Sydney council that are trying to ban leather products. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, there so you go. Your R.M. Williams boot or your, your, your briefcase. Considering your banning leather and fur. Yeah. How does the council do that? Well, that's what they're considering. Councils, it's a layer of government that you do sometimes question. It's a layer of time wasting. Yes, a little bit of that as well. Absolute layer of time wasting and money wasting. <laughs> um, gee, she was a uh, she was a quick McCafe coffee catch-up, but I enjoyed a little bit of extra catch-up time with you, Scoop. So be ready with uh, for anything, which we were this morning, with a McCafe iced coffee. And if you need a little afternoon treat later on, and the weather is good this week, I'll tell you what, head uh, to drive through for the deluxe iced coffee range from McCafe. A couple of suggestions to help me get on the plane to India to get to that dinner with our winner of the quiz yes. that I on our Sporting Flame cooking show we do a bit of Indian well of course Indian Tan- Tucker stuff bit of tandoori yeah let's start getting a bit of a theme with the Indian stuff that naturally then just takes me there can't you just do a bit of chicken ticker on yeah Scoob's barbie right. 
Don't worry about that. Less Maui oysters, more chicken ticker. Right. I'm seeing one B coming right. I reckon Scotty Morrison will be in one A. I'm going to become part of that legends group. <laughs> All right. In that WhatsApp group, I'd love to see that. Uh, weather update is for City Power. They supply homes, power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Today, we're headed for a top of 23. Still pretty warm again overnight. Uh, pretty mild. Currently 17 degrees as you're waking up this morning. Uh, if you're on holiday time, God bless you. How magnificent is that? Uh, And if you're working, well, we'll try to set up your day just right here. So 23 today. We'll take a break. Not too far away from our super quiz if we can conduct that. It was good. Yeah, it was a good chat, wasn't it? It was a good chat. So efficient with her words. We'll try and get her later in the week. 100Ks with the window down. Yeah, (laughs) we'll try and get her a little bit later on this week. I'm sure she'll join us if we can facilitate. We'll take a break. Back after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back, Summer Breakfast. Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell with you. Uh, Scoob, uh, I'm told here it's a Maui steak, it's a Maui cray, you pickle. It's a Maui oyster mainly. It's also known as a Maui cray. And I haven't heard the Maui steak, but I'm sure that's right as well. It comes in many forms. And many terminologies, but we're all talking about the same thing. We cut it in half and put it on the bar. That's it. I call it a Maui oyster. Uh, other people call it a Maui cray. Okay. Banana, banana. Okay. Mm. We've got a double air fry, says Mick. We use it multiple times a day. Easy to cook, easy to clean, delicious food. We've only used a fry pan and oven about twice in the last year. Well, there you go. And then other people say they're a complete and utter waste of money. Yeah, air fries. Yeah. I'm going with a waste of money. Okay. Beth Mooney's going to join us uh, shortly, Australian cricket star, sure? announcing the T20. Sarah coming back? Sarah may be coming back later in the week, I think. Right. Hopefully the phones come back at some time. Hopefully they come back by 8 o'clock because that's when we'll be um, playing last fan standing. Yeah, okay, out of 8 o'clock. Food critic. And you can uh, put your cravat on and try that uh, try that pizza. So we'll do that out of uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, all thanks to Maccas. We'll give you the chance to go into the running for that trip to India in February to watch uh, the second test between India and Australia. So stack of cricket news to get to as well at a 7 o'clock. Lots happening in the tennis world also. Um, you know, Tom Liberatore devoted a whole account to the Maui Oyster, by the way. Did he? And a whole Instagram account. He was something of an aficionado. I'd like to get to know Tom Liberatore. I think he'd be a good bloke. I think he would be too. Good He's a sort of a, a, a mysterious figure in the yeah, footy world, isn't he? He'd be a good knockabout. Sit down on a stool at a bar and have a good chat. Yep. Yeah, old style, good. like pickers. <laughs> yeah, he would be yeah, old he loves, style. He's got his spot the college lawn there. You side oh, up next to him, his... and you have a few beers and a good yak. That's his manager, funnily enough. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, they. I bet they do that together often. Pickers they, managers. Nice pickers. Yeah. Um, now this is a text from Al Big Al. Last week there was a segment on nicknames. Thought I'd share the nickname we've got for Hilton Cartwright. We call him Table for Four. This is based on the Seinfeld episode where they're at a Chinese restaurant waiting for a table and it ends with the maitre d' calling out Cartwright, table for four. That's from Big Al. That was a good show. Uh, Mixed text here. Me and a couple of mates minded a couple's house years ago while they travelled for 12 months. We were mostly there to look after the cats. We all hated cats. When they left for their holiday, the cats were proudly walking along the kitchen benches and trying to steal our dinner. By the time they returned from their trip, the cats wouldn't even come inside. 
Uh, no cats were injured in this story. <laughs> a bit of tough love there from Mick. <laughs> not a cat man myself. I don't know about you, Scoob, but uh, strictly of the dog variety in my house. No, not, not massive on the cats. Uh, don't, don't mind the dogs under strict uh, rules and regulations. No inside. No but, dogs inside. Oh, so you're strictly in outdoors. Yeah, but your dogs dog. are the big sort of farming variety sort of what yeah. breed of kelpies. Got? Kelpies, yeah. Well, they they meant for the outdoors. They yeah. wouldn't be. They wouldn't like it inside anyway, would they? No, no. They've got too much energy to be inside. They yeah. Like <laughs> your dog, your kelpie, a uh, loyal, magnificently trained, magnificently loyal, well obeyed. Loyal. No, wouldn't no. say the they're hard. They're difficult to harness, aren't they? Well. The they're okay around the house, but then when you get them out working stock, if you're not working them enough, right, they get a bit too excited. <laughs> they, um, and sometimes they're turning 600 kilo beasts back on top of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go, oh, God, no! <laughs> well, take the news. Anna Pavlou's got the headlines back after that. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Summer Breakfast. Hope your day started well. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell, setting you up for a Tuesday here at SEN HQ Summer Breakfast. Style. Beth Mooney's still to come. Bryce Gibbs will join us also and we will play Last Fan Standing. But a bit, we're told the fine lines, fine lines are working, Scoob. Yep. Uh, so we put our faith yep. in uh, in technology once yeah, again. When you unwrap the air fr- fryer and take it out of the box, you're told that works too. <laughs> so we're not quite sure. No. We're not sure on the air fryer. We're not sure on the phone lines. No. But if you want to give us a buzz, so you can test it out for us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to share your thoughts on anything that's taken place in the world of sport. Actually, before we straighten up for a moment, you see how we're... Uh, our friends up in Darwin have been woken up by an earthquake this morning. Yeah, big big tremor up there yeah. in the top end. Um, parts of, uh, of of Darwin have felt uh, felt their homes rattle. There was a major earthquake that hit Indonesia, and um, I see just on the early reports that um, some locals are saying it's the strongest uh, earthquake they've had in years. What are you doing? See if the phone lines are working. You're ringing us. Yep. My goodness me, you're off the reservation. All right, let's see if they can put us on. Hello, have you got me, Simon? Hello. No, nah, oh no, we have to get Coxie to put you on. No. Yes, I think it, did that work? I don't even know if that worked. I think that failed spectacularly, to be honest. I thought the sound effects were good there for a moment. The echo, you, you were too close. Oh, was I? Yeah, I think there was a bit of bounce back. Well, at least there was bounce back, which which probably mm. intimates that the... Phones are working, yeah? Uh, oh, I guess so, yeah. We'll roll with it. We'll roll with it that they yeah, are. Because I'm, I'm not sure what happened. means there. there's a connection. I wanted, to talk, I wanted to talk to you about, well, the, na- the name is not as important as the decision that he's made because it was a hugely brave decision. Uh, Fisher Mackesy was a number six draft pick, um, 2019 draft, went to the Adelaide Crows, uh, tall, a key position player, a swingman, athletic, talented, played 10 games in his debut season, and then none since. Never really got going. He considered a trade after his debut year. His, his father, Chris, was sick. He took time away from the game and the club. Adelaide last November. Now he has decided, just as his teammates go back for preseason training after Christmas, to pull the pin and, um, and, and quit the game. He said not everyone would understand it. But I, I sit here and I say, 
that is such a brave decision and good on him. Kudos to him for having the fortitude to do what you want to do and not bow to expectations and or what people think you should do mm. just by virtue of the fact you're good at something, you were picked high in the draft, and you should just keep playing because it's expected that you keep playing. You know, make your own path, and he has. And he's he's done that, and he's retired. It, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. As someone who's played sport at the top level in, in a couple of different codes, it's one thing to be good at it, but it's another thing to want it. And, yeah, there's some guys who will give their, their right middle finger to play AFL, and there's others who aren't cut from that cloth. Yep. And there, and there are fine. some who are less skillful than others but stronger mentally, and there are others that – and mentally, it's just not the game or not the space they want to be in, albeit they're, they're really decorated with a, a lot of ability to be able to go and play that sport at, at any level they want. And obviously had a lot oh, of talent. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a human life. I mean, pe- people, you've got to go where you want to go. That's one of the most important things, that each day you get up, you've got to go and enjoy what you're doing. And if Fisher wasn't enjoying it, which... I'm assuming he wasn't. He, he makes a change. And, and you know, there is an expectation that because you have this ability and you've been picked in the draft and you know, you're, a, you're a champ schoolboy and you know, went through all the pathways and you got there, that there is an expectation. And, and you know, Tom Boyd's another classic example. that, mm. that it's, it's sort of saying, hey, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to go and be an accountant or I want to go and be a farmer. I want to go and be what, whatever tickles your fancy because you do – you do need to get up each day and enjoy what you do. If it's a chore, it needs to be changed. There's a no conflict either. Everything you hear about it, no issue, no conflict. No one disliked him at Adelaide. He wasn't a bad teammate, any of that sort of stuff. He wasn't overly close with a lot of the guys there we hear, but he just was one of those players who viewed things you know, differently. And Adelaide, for their part, you know, we're told did everything they could to support him. But ultimately that drive, you know, has to come from within. I mean, it's the old horse to water. You have to be driven, yeah. self-driven, self-motivated. And there was a really good quote I read overnight attributed to him. I'm not sure um, exactly what what news outlet it came from that I read, but it was, I'm just not prepared to make the commitment to improve every year at this level. And and that's that's a commitment you have to make. I mean, the, the one thing when you start and you get your first game, you've got to keep improving every year. Mm. After that, because, you know, you've got to keep adding to your armory and getting better. I think he started a business off the field as well. So he's got things yeah, going on and, away and, from and the that's, that, that's the thing. I mean, he, he'll, he, he'll land where he needs to land. And I, I think it's really sensible. Yeah. The, the way he's explained it is really sensible to me. And the good thing is what you just said, Sam, there's no conflict anywhere. There's not a, there's not mm. a, an off field issue. There's not a, there's not a, doesn't get on with the coach. There's not a, been to a camp and haven't got over it stuff. It's just, I've had enough. There was a period of time where he wanted to be traded. I think, as I said, that was after his debut year. And he's, he's, he's old man, Chris. So you would have played some footy Maybe with his, his dad, Chris at St Kilda. At the Saints, yeah. Mm. So he was unwell. Uh, he's tight with his family, of course. He was thinking about coming. Ultimately, he stayed. He wanted to show loyalty to the club that drafted him. So again, an admirable um, quality to have. He stayed. It hasn't quite worked out. Now, Riley O'Brien spoke of him yesterday, the Ruckman, his teammate. They're in the Crows book club together. I love that there's a book club in Adelaide. <laughs> you know, a group of them that, that love reading books and have interests away from um, the game. So he's quite close um, to Fisher. And um, 
he just said, look, um, the decision to step away from the game in November came as a surprise, but the decision that was announced yesterday certainly was not. Now, uh, Fisher Maxey did release a statement, Simon. He said, unfortunately, I've lost a lot of the enjoyment and desire to improve, which is required to make it at the top level. That's uh, probably the quote you're referring to. It has been an extremely difficult decision to come to and one that I haven't taken lightly, but through discussions with close friends and family, the club and my management, I feel that it is the right decision for my long-term future and well-being. I'm very grateful to the club for their support and allowing me some time to reflect on where I want to be moving forward. Um, so the separate issue, of course, is whether he was, strictly from a football point of view, actually good enough to make the grade. And from the the sample size that he gave us, you'd probably say probably not, at least not in the current setup at the Adelaide Crows. So, look, who's to say he doesn't come back in a couple of years, go for it again at another club and another time and another space? Um, with a with a couple of years of life experience behind him, it might very well be different. But um, he's taken the decision that he has, and and good on him because as I said, that that takes some courage to to do what he's not expected, but mm. to do what's what's right for you. He heads home now. You know, he comes yep. home and and settles back in, and and maybe that is that may be the catalyst that says, oh no, I, you know, and goes and might play a year of amateur footy and. Thinks, well, hang on, I've got that desire back again. I'll I'll have another go down the track. But and he's young enough to do that. He's young enough to do that. But um, look, yeah, full credit to him. He's been honest. He's been upfront. Uh, I, I think you know, ticking all the boxes for all concerned. Huge year at Port Adelaide coming. Absolutely massive. Uh, final year of uh, Ken Hinckley's contract, of course. Uh, yet to re-sign, obviously, an extension. There's a real uh, suck-it-and-see approach at the power. They missed finals Last year, lost their first five games, got a bit ahead of steam up in the middle of the year, but ultimately, of course, could never recover. They've knocked on the door a few times, preliminary finals over the journey under Ken. They haven't quite got over the hump, and now they face themselves in this position. And Ken did speak yesterday at Port Adelaide training on the resumption, and he spoke about the minimum expectation for season 2023. I think every club, if, if you're setting your expectations at an AFL football club and it's not at the very least finals, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be being a bit foolish. So, so for us, we, we as a footy club never shy away from the fact that we have high expectations on what we try to achieve and, and that's no different this year. But I think if you asked all 17 other coaches in the AFL, they'd give you the same answer. So that's Ken Hinkley yesterday. We've got some audio. I might play a little bit later on Ratio Fantasia. Jason Orn Francis, Ollie Wines, those sort of building back up again. They need those players fit and firing for the majority of the year. Paul's texting, you're three quarters right, Simon, but some AFL players have openly said they do not really like footy. I heard a player saying they didn't know who Jezza was. You can't love it if you don't know that some players are athletes that learn how to play. So do you think the game can get better at, um, you know, supporting the the deep thinkers or the, the, the players that have alternate interests outside of football who are not obsessed with the game or ultimately you've got to be self-driven, self-motivated and ultimately, obviously, of course, be good enough to make it. I mean, we can't – it is a professional, ruthless, cutthroat industry at the end of the day. I it? think everyone has a platform to get the best out of themselves and those platforms are different. You just mentioned book club. Well, book club you know, for some will suit but for others won't. Going surfing might suit others. So I think footy clubs are really good these days at giving the opportunity for people to have life experiences to make sure that football doesn't overpressurise them because they are part of a footy club for such a long period of time each week. They try and deflect that, whether that be through study, even some part-time work, whatever that may be, just to give them some... Freshen up time, give their brain a, a freshen up time. So if that's book club swimming, I don't know, 
you know, what what people's yeah. interests may well, be. I think they try to accommodate that. There's an interesting parallel here with the Australian cricket team. Now we spoke about them earlier. The test will come out on Friday on Amazon Prime, and we'll we'll hear a lot more about it, the Justin Langer saga and such. But in this season two of the test. When the talk becomes clear that um, the players are, have moved on from Justin Langer, that he's you know uh, overbearing or um, his emotional roller coasters, he's uh, he's more authoritarian leadership and such that was that was wearing thin on the team. That in the test we read that the team rave about their mantra of quote unquote own your space. So that refers to every player to be themselves and to train and prepare not how the team or the coach wants them to, but how they want to even if that means we're told not warming up. So if player A thinks, oh, I'm not warming up today with the rest of the squad because I'm owning my space, then that's fine. That appears to be the setup in the national cricket team that, that pulls on the baggy green these days. So that's a world away from football, but this is where we're getting into the, I guess, into the nitty gritty of, you know, player welfare and the like. Now, Pat Cummins said, if you're in the Australian cricket team, you know your game pretty well. You know what makes yourself tick. You're not dealing with kids that's a pretty strong quote, isn't it, from mm. the captain of the Australian cricket team? I think it's a strong quote from the captain of the Australian cricket team. I think that attitude works when sides are going well. Absolutely works when sides are going well. When the proverbial hits the fan, I think it absol- that attitude absolutely goes to water. It's finding the balance between both. Mm. And we've spoken about this before. You still need someone driving the bus. You still need... The coach, you still need someone that says yes or no to certain things. And you can't let the animals run the zoo. I've said that before. So, yes, I, I understand what Pat Cummins is saying. I'm also saying you, you also have to understand that there's going to be a day when you don't have Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark and things aren't going well for you that you need some guidance because no one's perfect. Yep. And that that is when the system chips in to make sure we – Start turning Australian cricket back around to getting to the top of the tree. So we're on the t- we're at the top of the tree at the moment, and we're gliding along, and it's all going fine. And I think that attitude's fine. But when it hits the fan, that attitude ain't fine. I yep. can tell you that right now. Things fall apart really, really quickly. And I don't care where you're coming from or how much money you're being paid. When the pressure really comes on to perform, it's very nice to have someone who you can lean on, talk to, and get into a routine of trying to build back up to that success. And I know you've spoken about that in length in the past, that that, that J.R. was the right man for the right time. And if there is to be a change, then, you know, obviously um, Ronnie is the right man at the right time. Now, in the current setup, things obviously change and the landscape does change underneath them. Uh, We'll take a break on summer breakfast. Uh, Hopefully the phone lines are working. I trust that they are. I trust that they are. Uh, Get involved uh, with them, one 736 You can drop us a text on the 40 temper 40 winks text you can get your unique bed match profile find the right bed for you there as well 40 winks serious about sleep if you want to be part of the discussion don't be shy this morning uh, any topic you like 1300 736 736 the kogan money credit card Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast.
Welcome back. Great to have your company on Summer Breakfast. Actually, uh, told here of a podcast, Scoob. I know you spend a bit of time in the car listening to these sort of things. Episode 115 of the Sport Psych Show podcast, The Importance of Multiple Identities. Very relevant to the discussion you had about the young crows one away. Can't recommend this podcast enough in relation to your roles in analysing athletes. Yeah. We'll write that one down and, and get to it. Uh, Steve's in Buller. He's going to test the phone lines for us. G'day, Steve. Welcome. Good morning, Jess. Um, Simon, I loved your take on the Australian cricket team. Um, it's all good and well to say we'll get our own space, but who did we play over summer? We played West Indies, and let's face it, they, they were, weren't up to, really up to it. I mean, and South Africa, I know where their ratings are and the thing, but they were disappointing. So if they all go over and play with the big boys over in India and go and play in the Poms, let's see how their, their love space and their love, you know, the whoosh-whoosh goes then because, you know, it's, it's all good and fine to say that, but professional people need, as you say, they still need guidance. Simon, there's got to be structure. If you haven't got structure, it'll fall apart real quick. Yeah, and particularly structure under pressure. Everyone goes back to basics when you're under pressure and you need someone to guide you through that. So you know, that... that that management system, that that platform that's put in place, it's fine at the moment. It's probably not working as hard as it could do because they all are all in a really good space. But when they're in India and wickets are turning and you 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 know hard to get the right food and all the different things that that happen and challenge you when you're away from home, that's when your management comes to the fore, and that's you, you'll need that in those times and and. That's probably where I come from. Is is you know it's all well and good when you're smashing sides and you know we've got a really good combination. It's a fantastic combination at the yeah. moment. That won't happen all the time, and that's when you need someone to be able to come in and say, Sam, no, mm. this is what we're doing tomorrow. We need to get you back on track. So Steve's saying we beat up on the on teams who are struggling at the moment, which is but smashed Fair obviously enough. England twelve months ago. I think JL quit after that, and then went and um and and. Uh, Beat Pakistan over there for the first time in however long. Hadn't toured there forever. One nil in that series and tied one one with Sri Lanka, which was um, a couple of challenging Test series over there. And now the big Test comes with uh, with India on the yeah, road. So the, the next three or four months are going to be really interesting. India, of course, they leave. I think in about three weeks' time, they head over to India. Um, you know, those Test matches are going to be fascinating. Yep. Absolutely fascinating. They'll be the most watched Test matches, I think, for a long time. And then on the back of that. An Ashes series, and, and we've got the World Test Championship yep. too. We're, we're going to be playing in that as well. So it, it's a just a a fantastic period of time to be playing cricket, and it'll test the management system then because there will be ups and downs over the next few months. Uh, I've been watching cricket since Scoob was running around. I've not seen the test. Won't watch the new one. Too much Kardashian culture for me. Well, it's going to hit with a bang on, on Friday, and a lot of us will be watching it. A big talking point, of course, is Justin Langer's position. Now, the audio we're about to hear from the players was before it all blew up, so before Justin Langer um, was removed as Australian coach, or depending on what way you see it, chose not to sign on on a limited contract. Uh, this was the feedback, the players speaking on the feedback that Justin, Lell, uh, Justin Langer was given and that he took on uh, that you're about to watch in uh, Amazon Prime's documentary, The Test. JL was given feedback from the senior players in our group around certain things that they sort of wanted him to improve on, I guess, as a coach. People express passion in different ways. And for Justin, his was riding every ball. I've always said that you can never criticise anyone who's extremely passionate in what they do, and that's exactly what JL is. Did I struggle with some of the ups and downs? Yeah. 
So probably the biggest feedback from myself was uh, just um, emotional levels from from jail. Some people felt like you know they're walking on eggshells. There's plenty of guys who don't speak up, who don't talk, and were afraid of jail. They were. Uh, that's the truth. It sort of um, was at the point where jail realised he had to pull back massively, and he did that. He listened, like he did everything that was asked him as a playing group. The players wanted to create the own environment, and yeah, it's us taking responsibility. You know, a common theme was own your space. Did I ask you point blank yesterday whether you'd take Ashton Agar to India? I think I, I did. You would? Yeah. yeah. Left arm no, orthodox no needed. No problems. Yeah. At, at a minimum in the squad and yep. obviously... An absolute minimum. Pat Cummins, well, he said he would be there. He said that to Fox Sports. You know, Ash will be over there for sure. Um, I think each wicket over there could be a little bit different. So we'll get over there and assess. But, yeah, Ash will be over there in India. Um, there'll be plenty of options for us. And, yeah, it's always nice having plenty of spinners that do slightly different things. And he did, uh, the Australian captain as well, Scoob, speak about the huge year ahead, which is going to reveal so much. So he's had 15 games in charge as captain um, and only lost the one test, uh, that coming against Sri Lanka. And Paddy Cummins spoke on a huge 12 months ahead for him and the Australian cricket team. Yeah, that's it. Um, throwing a World Test Championship final as well, it's, it's a huge year for this group. Um, that's what we play for, you know, these big tournaments. So, yeah, we'll give it our best shot. Um, I think we're as well placed as we're ever going to be going to those tours and for some of the guys, um, it might be the best, last chance that um, you know they get to, to play kind of in those conditions as a test player. So all ahead of us, can't wait. As Pat Cummins, yeah, uh, yesterday uh, the players appearing, some of them for the launch of the test, which uh, goes to air on Friday. Get involved on the Temper Forty Winks text. They got your unique bed match profile there, the right bed for you. Forty Winks, they're serious. About sleep, we'll get a news update shortly from uh, Anna Pavlou. Plenty happening in the tennis world as well. Craig Tiley spoke yesterday, Alex Demonor as well. Players hitting the court uh, at Melbourne Park as we speak, Simon, and the build-up to the Australian Open, which has come so far when it comes to COVID. I just can't get over the amount of changes we've had in 12 months when it comes to this tournament. Uh, players can play now if they are positive. Um, they don't even have to test, uh, and if they do, they don't have to reveal the results of that test either. Um, hey, Scoob, you know, just coming back to the cricket before we get to the news, spoke about um, player of the series and mm. the kerfuffle around David Warner, which we agreed mm. just came totally from, from left field. And wasn't Warner's fault. No, no, it wasn't David Warner's fault. And we did throw up uh, Pat Cummins as a nominee. I think uh, 16, he averaged with the ball. Travis Head, who was consistent and was scored very man, quickly. Travis. And Steve Smith, who scored consistently as well. Well, Steve Smith was asked about it with Dwayne Russell uh, on Arvo's, uh, on Dwayne's World yesterday right here on SEN. And uh, Steve Smith actually agreed with you, Scoop. Yeah, look, uh, no, I thought um, Hedy in particular had an amazing series. I think the... The 80-odd he scored in that first test match was probably worth about 200 on that wicket. Um, so, and, and then, obviously, the way he took the game on in the second test and um, gave us an opportunity in the third test to push the game um, with, with, obviously, the, the rain delays that we had. So, it was pretty stiff, I think. But, um, yeah, people voted otherwise. So, um, credit to Dave. He obviously had a great, great Boxing Day test match. Can't wait to see how Travis Head goes uh, over there in India as well in a month or so's time. will be fascinating. Mm. Uh, we'll get a news update. Uh, time for another McCafe. Can't get enough of those, and we'll be back shortly. Spoke yesterday, didn't we, about the Australian Open and that uh, mooted shift. It was really only um, 
a couple of stories in the, the News Corp papers around um, uh, supposedly the Australian Open has long been held at the wrong time of the year and the big secret is that the players don't like it and even the organisers know it but won't admit it. Well, Craig Tyler and Alex Demonor addressed that suggestion yesterday. I mean, for me, I, I love starting my year here. Um, I think there's nothing better than, than the Aussie summer. You know, it's nice and hot. Uh, us Aussies at least, we, we thrive in the heat. I did read that. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was a bizarre claim. Um, I think you talk to every player. This is the season. It starts, uh, it starts in January. Um, it starts here in Australia. Now, the other big news yesterday that Craig Tiley uh, addressed was the decision to overlook Bernard Tomic oh. for a wild card. Why was, why was that controversial? Why was it? Race, he's in the 400s in his rating. Because they've overlooked ranked, him. They've overlooked rating. him for, admittedly, younger players, but those ranked even further back below him. Yeah, but they're, they're probably six and seven years yeah. younger than he is. Like They've got a chance of building a career. He's, he's, At he's the end. proverbial up against the wall. Yeah, yeah. So stop blaming everyone else, Bernard. I don't think he said anything. Or at least I, I can't find it. But oh, it no, is, a, have something to say. It is a, talk, a talking point that he was overlooked. So Craig Tolley did say that the 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 wild card team, if you like, look at uh, you know the player coming in, the strength of their play, what events they've been playing, how much they've been playing. Are they the younger part of our future generation? Yeah, future. Yep. He said there's many factors that that go into it. So uh, it was reported as a atomic snub. And uh, he said, uh, Greg Tyler, there's a number of promising young Aussie players all vying to take part in qualifying. Uh, qualifying. It's a chance to really show yourself, put your name up in lights um, and make your mark at the Australian. And that's where he's at. He, this wasn't a wild card to get into the main draw. This is a wild card to get into the qualifying. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's like, right. To, to... That, that's where he's at. So a couple of 19-year-olds, James McCabe, who's ranked 406. Uh, Philip Sukulic, 543. There's an 18-year-old, Derek uh, Pham, who's uh, ranked uh, outside the top 1,000. Um, and uh, a couple of other juniors are all earned qualifying wildcards ahead of Bernie Tomic as well. So um, apparently, though, he didn't even apply for a wildcard, but but you don't have to. I think the, the way it works is you can still be awarded one. Um, and he did actually tell the first serve, he did tell BP that he would use uh, the snub as motivation. So there you go. How much more motivation does the yeah. man need? <laughs> you reckon? I don't know. I think he's on his way to Doha at the moment. Um, but it is it is good to see the young tennis. What's on uh, in Doha? There must be a tournament there. It is good to see the younger generation For getting the opportunities. Players. Well, there must be a separate tournament there at some at some stage. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to the result. I hope he goes well there. But yeah. No. I, um, he's still, uh, <laughs> still sporting the blonde, is he? I'm not sure, Bernard? actually. The, the close-cropped yeah. peroxide. Yeah. I'm not sure, actually. Um, Who's he knocking around with now? No idea. Bernard. Not we familiar with his... Not usually f- you're across those no, sorts of things. I'm not usually across those <laughs> things at all. Who's he knocking around with? No, no idea. Hey, Ken Hinckley, he's knocking around with his players at the moment. And Jason Orn Francis, always a big talking point. Uh, the big trade from North Melbourne over to Port Adelaide. Uh, gee, that didn't that blow up the trade uh, period. He underwent knee surgery upon his arrival at uh, the Power, and uh, Ken Hinckley, the coach there, spoke of his progression yesterday. He's made some really good, steady progress since surgery, and um, you now he ran just before Christmas, and he's building up his running now. He'll probably get back involved in some training and some skill drills by, I would hope, by the end of next week, but not too far after that if it's not. 
And so that's uh, matters at Port Adelaide. James has texted in, Sam and Simon, the Indian Test, are they going to be on in friendly times for us Aussies or be in the middle of the night? That's from James over in Adelaide. Uh, won't be middle of the night, James. I think they're five or six hours behind us. Middle yeah. of the afternoon it should be. Uh, yeah, you'd be looking at probably around a three o'clock start. Yeah, well, it depends when they start. So we're five hours ahead, Melbourne time. We're hmm. five hours ahead of Delhi. So um, I'm not sure what time they start their test matches over. They start get at 10.30. early fog in Delhi. Sort of uh, mid to late afternoon, I reckon. Early, uh, what a bit of early fog, Dan. That's what I reckon. Fog I reckon. or smog? Fog. 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 No, okay. foggy place, Delhi. Yeah, right. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. There you go. I wouldn't lie to you. That's why you're going to be on the trip. What? For your weather See, updates that, and your, your... That sort of insight. That intel. Why wouldn't I be on the trip? Yeah, that is Why priceless. Why wouldn't I be on the trip? And you can't buy that sort of now, to be no, honest. No, quite right. You know, for the SEN commentary team to have that experience of me being with them, guiding them through India, I think is really important. And uh, for the winner yeah, of our quiz, yeah, which is yeah, coming up yeah, after yeah. 8 o'clock, the winner of that quiz, to know that we're going to have dinner together and I can outline what they should be doing during that test match, restaurants to go to, all those sorts of things. Do you no, feel, I think it's important. Do you feel there's scope that on one of these mornings where we do have our last fan standing, given they can take a guess that you might be able to endear yourself to the winner to, to be taken as their guest? Is that I'd a, be is surprised that after crowning them the daily winner yes. that I, I think they would all say, Simon, you're welcome. There, there's, there's we sometimes like you you've just got to do the right thing. Yeah. Off the text, sounds like JL couldn't create an environment of um, psychological safety. Players were afraid to make a mistake. A huge component of success and mastery is an environment where mistakes are expected and dealt with positively. Um, question of that notice uh, coming up as well, Simon. I've got a couple of curly ones. Now, for that's you. an interesting one. And, and I, I'm all for dealing with mistakes positively. But if the mistakes continue, they've got to be dealt with in another way other than positively. Really? What? We're talking just on-field well, mistakes. Players get dropped. Yes. I mean... That's expected. world of sport is full of disappointment. So not everything is going to be positive. So if anyone who's coming in to play sport thinks that it's just going to be an absolute mm. gravy train and everyone's just going to support me all the way through, mm. you shouldn't play. Mm. Because if you're not ready to cope with disappointment, you're not ready to play at an elite level. This fits into a much wider debate at the moment. Like my boys are playing... Your boys, you go and watch them play cricket. I go and watch my little fellas play cricket. And cricket at the very junior level is a lot different to what it was when I played. When when I played and when you played, even if it was under eights, you go out there and if you went out first ball, you were shattered. Oh, you went shattered. off crying, having gone out first ball. Mum and dad's come to watch and tear. Oh, I cried up. Now, <laughs> my boys go out and play and they get 15 to 20 balls no matter what. Mm. So the, the bowling team gets four runs added to their total when they take a wicket. And if little Johnny goes out first ball, that's okay, little Johnny. You get to stay there for another 16. So it's interesting, isn't it? These are no scoring in footy matches, this in the cricket. Mm. It is interesting. And it's a deeper, deeper and a yeah. wider conversation perhaps for another time. And but... we've created an environment of participation because all these sports are vying for participation. Yes. So you want to make it as friendly an environment as possible. But, you know, it's, it's what gets me, I think, sometimes at schools. When schools say, you know, the ATAR doesn't matter and this doesn't matter and whether you beat, whether you know uh, Bentley High School plays McKinnon High School, you know, it doesn't matter who wins and loses. But then when you come out into the world and you get your first job at SEN, and after twelve months you get sacked, who's actually got you ready for that? Mm. Who's got you ready for what the world is going to offer you? And the yeah. world's going to offer you a really tough environment. Yet we keep putting people in cotton wool for as long as we possibly are, can. Are it's they prepared? Garbage. Yeah. Mm. Garbage.
It's a, it's a wider debate. We could keep going on with it, albeit I need to take a break. And on the other side of it, I need to address some really concerning news for you and the trip to India. I don't know how to break it to you, but you're not going to be happy with it. Oh, I just need time to, class, to, to, th- to think about how I'm going to break it to you. We'll be back after this. Not business class. Stiff cheddar. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Ronnie from the Gold Coast is with you. 100% Simon. Our kids are being set up to fail. Good luck as captain of the India troop. Well said, Scoo. 100% agree. And this one from Bill, who uh, always texts in down in Hobart. Good morning to you, Bill. Surely Simon O'Donnell is going on the Indian tour for SEN. He won a World Cup there. Yes. I was waiting for you to mention that small feat, but you didn't need to. Keeping some of my ammunition there to be shot as time goes on. This is, I'm feeling this process is going to have a bit of longevity to it, trying we, to get on the tour. We've got a question on start times. So I can uh, clarify that uh, mm-hmm. officially. So it's a 3 p.m. start uh, our time in India. Uh, SEN will be live. So what's live. that Indian time? Oh, it'll be 10 o'clock. So what, what time will I have to be out of bed? <laughs> Eight? Yeah, well, maybe a bit earlier than that because SEN will be live from 2.30 p.m. Of course, we'll cover it off here at SEN, ball by ball. However... Some, a bit of a setback for you. There's already a, a, an SEN member on the plane bound for India. What? Yeah, there's already an SEN member on the plane oh, bound for India. There'll be a couple of tech guys. His initials are GW. People know who you are, ma'am. Oh, yes. That's a setback for you. All right. But uh, every every maverick needs a goose. Oh, it didn't end too well for goose, did it? Every maverick needs an Iceman. <laughs> it ended better for Iceman. In all seriousness... At the ground itself, and I know you've spent a large part of it inside the fence as opposed to outside, but what's the environment like? What's the atmosphere like inside oh, these places? Fantastic. They'd just absolutely be brilliant. absolutely incredibly oh, unique. Cricketers are treated like gods. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, people just, yeah, you've got to probably be there to understand it. It's hard to, it's hard to explain, but, you know, and it doesn't matter where you're from. You know, they love the Indians ultimately, you know, that that's the team they support, but. You know, I remember when we first went to India, we got to our first hotel in Madras. Four Indians dropped down on their knees on prayer mats, and they were, their their god was David Boone. <laughs> so as Boone got off the bus, they were praying to Boone. Lord Boone. <laughs> Lord Boone. Oh, no. It was, ext- but that, that's that's a, a little bit of giving you the the, the um, engagement that the Indian public have with cricket. It's it's quite extraordinary. Did Booney answer their prayers? Uh, well, no. Booney, he was a bit keen to get in under the air conditioning and out of uh, out of harm's way in the heat. But My kids all play junior cricket, place. says Raul from Essendon. A generation of sloggers coming through. Can't wait to see them go up the grades and be told to leave the wicket after the first ball. Generation cry coming again in waves. I'd hate to be a coach moving forward. Simon, the answer to who prepares kids for the real world, that's called parents. If one of my children gets sacked from their first job after a few months, I'll take it uh, personally. Uh, when, are pe- uh, when are old people going to realise that the world has changed? You've got to change with it or else you're going to be crusty and old, crusty, sitting in a rocking chair saying, I remember when we used to do this, I remember when we used to do that. 
Planning on a boys' trip to watch the cricket in India. Scoob, any tips on what to do to avoid getting sick? Yep. Says Troy. Bottle of water to do your teeth. Only eat things you can peel. Don't eat anything that's been washed in the kitchen. Out so lettuce, tomato, things like that, off, off the menu. Everything you, you eat, you should be sticking your finger in, your little finger in, and if it's not nearly burning the end of your finger off, don't eat it. <laughs> what, why is that? What's it's got to be hot so it burns all the bugs out of yeah, it. Yeah, okay. All right. That's Get interesting through India the, unscathed. Then. Washing of the salad, no water. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, with yes. their water. Yeah. We're just not sure of the sanitary conditions out the back, so they've washed the lettuce and you want – Bit of lettuce, tomato, cheese, and avocado. Avocado will be fine. That's been peeled, but the lettuce and tomato can create you a few problems. We'll take a break. After the break, Dave's uh, called in from Richmond. Dave, uh, if you're willing to sit tight for just a couple of minutes, I know you want to have a chat about uh, one day cricket and the attendances at that particular format, which we will do on the other side of this. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Uh, let's go to Dave in Richmond. Thanks for waiting on the line, Dave. Go easy on us. We're still trying to work out what Phil's call was all about. Uh, welcome to Summer Brecky. Uh, sorry I missed Phil's call. But, yeah, anyway, I'm, I really miss those days at the, the MCG when oh. they have the, the triangular series. Oh. I guess Simon probably... Misses it as well, like seventy thousand there. Every game around the country was sold out, except maybe the ones where they were between the two non uh, without Australia involved. But what are we going to do to get back to that? Oh, I don't know if we can ever get back to that, David. There's too many other formats, too much other cricket at the moment. Um, unfortunately, Simon, unless you're you're more optimistic than I, we probably cooked the golden goose, didn't we? Mm. It, it was fantastic there for a while, David, and, and while. Australia was a destination where all countries wanted to come to because they got good money out of playing here in Australia for television rights, etc. Um, you could play those triangular series, but you know, even look at South Africa now, they're starting a, a 2020 comp you know, and they have their Boxing Day test. So I think they were saying this is the last time we'll see South Africa probably playing a Boxing Day test here in Australia. Uh, just the, um, the calendar now just doesn't allow for countries to come here and spend... You know, they used to arrive in November mm. and leave in February. Mm. It, it just doesn't happen anymore. Thanks for the call, though, uh, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for waiting on the line. Uh, Locke's texting, not all kids cry when they go out, Sam. That's true, Locke. Um, I was pretty good, unfortunately, at running my junior teammates out as well in the early days. It wasn't popular the top of the order. Just a bit of yes, no, wait, maybe. Uh, Basketball is one of the better sports. They actually score at all ages. They do. So the kids get used to losing. Stuff this participation crap. Um, kids need to understand winning and losing. It's uh, been a debate for a long, long time and will continue to be. Is it participation and easing the kids in or is it, you know, uh, school of hard knocks straight off the bat, pardon the pun. Hey, together with Maccas, we're coming up to it. We're about to give you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India and Australia in February, all thanks to Maccas. All you have to do is to be crowned last fan standing. Scoob's got his 11 cricket questions ready to roll. Answer correctly, you keep going. Incorrect and you're out of there. We'll take the next caller. And the last fan standing will have the chance to win. Call now, 1300 736 736. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast.
Last Fan Standing. Thanks to Mackers. Time for Last Fan Standing. It is... It's immense, isn't it? You feel the weight of it because the prize is so immense. Uh, Mackers and us here at SEN, we are giving you the chance... You and a friend, someone close to you, to put you on a plane, a thousand bucks spending money, five star accommodation, to India to watch the second test. Um, you'll be treated like absolute royalty over there. SEN Cricket Commentary Team right behind you, um, mid February, India. I'll manage the cricket. whole thing. Solomon right. O'Donnell says he will be on the plane. Jury's out on that or not. Uh, SEM Breakfast is for the Koga Money credit card, pack full of value. Macca's power, the last fan standing, Simon. So we've got 11 cricket questions here, thanks to McDonald's. And the equation is simple. You've got 11 to navigate. If you're there uh, answering the 11th one, you go in the running for the trip to India. Who's opening? Opening the batting is Chris from Point Cook. G'day, Chris. Good morning, lads. How are you? Good, Chris. 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 Who has scored the most test hundreds for Australia? Uh, oh, Steve Waugh. No, Chris. Got it! Bill says, I'll Good see you on your way. Nicked, it. nicked off. Jade, morning to you. Morning. Who has scored the most test hundreds for Australia, Jade? Uh, Ricky Ponting. Ricky Ponting, quite um, right. Uh, for a bonus? Well, there's no bonus. How many did he score? There. What, do you, what do you mean? Oh, I reckon about 41. <laughs> what do you mean, bad of authority? Sorry? What did you say? No, you answered with authority. Oh, answered with authority. Yep. Yeah, okay. Right, as you were. Just, hey, I'm running the quiz, all right? <laughs> Go on. Jade, what was Shane Warne's highest test score? Uh, 99. How many runs did Sir Donald Bradman make in his final innings? Mm. Uh, zero. Well done, Jade. How many runs did Sir Donald Bradman need in his final innings to retire with a test average of 100? Uh, four. Oh, he's seen him well. Multiple choice, Jade. What was Sir Donald Bradman's test batting average? 99.92, 99.93 or 99.94? Uh, 99.94. That's uh, just about his half century. We're nearly halfway through. If the commentary is annoying you, Jade, you just <laughs> let me know, okay? How many runs did Dean Jones make during his famous innings against India at Madras while suffering with the extreme heat? Um, 145. Oh, now, what I'm trying to do is just try to ease the pressure a little bit for Jade and others because you can feel it's tension in the air. You're tense. They're tense. I'm just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Conrad, good morning to you. You there, Comrade? Yes. Hello. Conrad. Conrad, how many runs did Dean Jones make during his famous innings against India and Madras while suffering with the extreme heat? 216. Oh, Got it! Too many. Bad luck, Conrad. Too many. James, Dean Jones, the famous double century he made in Madras while suffering from the extreme heat was how many? 210. 210. Well done, James. Did you reckon I give clues? Which country did Matthew Hayden score the Australian record of 380 runs in 2003? Zimbabwe, Pakistan or England? 
was Zimbabwe, I think. Zimbabwe, that's quite right, James. Okay, we're getting getting there. James, who is the second on the list for highest batting average in Test cricket? Now he's from WA. There's three multiple choice opportunities here. Adam Gilchrist is A. Adam Voges is B. Mike Hussey is C. Adam Voges. Yeah, Adam Voges. Good, eh? right. good guess. Good, good work, James. Which champion batter scored 100 in both innings against South Africa in his 100th test? Ricky Ponting. Well done, James. Good work. <laughs> Two okay. to go, Jimmy. Couple to go, James. Who scored the most test runs for Australia in the 2022 calendar year? Uzman Kawaja. Oh, 1,080. Nice work. Final question, James. Despite being a bowler, how many runs did Jason Gillespie make in his final test match? Oh. Oh. 200. Oh. Oh. Jimmy. He answered Seriously. so quickly, too. Kieran joins us from Taylor's Lace. G'day, Kieran. Oh, it's up. How are we doing? Chance to hit the winning runs here, Kieran. Despite being a bowler, how many runs did Jason Gillespie make in his final test match? 201. 201, not out. He's done it. He's done it. Get him in the pool. I tell you, another Stephen Bradbury. We had one yesterday. Kieran, well done to you, though. You were in the right place at the right time out there in Taylor's Hill. Well done. You go into the running. You are our second last fan standing. And we will know, by the way, on January 30, whether you're the winner. And the winner gets flights for you and a mate to Delhi, five nights premium, five-star accommodation, a sports luncheon with the SEN commentary team that Simon may or may not be a part of, corporate hospitality at the cricket, 1000 bucks spending money. 500 each. Uh, <laughs> another chance <laughs> to win across the day today and again tomorrow with us. It's uh, the last fan standing all thanks to Maccas. So Kieran is today's winner. Boy, that was. I'm sort of glad for you that that's over though, because you are riding this, mate. You are tense. Um, I feel for James. That was. What about that? He he was going so well. Oh, and he was a runoff. He just banged out 200. Oh, you'd oh, oh, be sitting there now. I just wonder if at the end, when you need a, a good night watchman to come in, you just got to be. You've just got to be watchful, studious, yeah. calm. Don't get carried away. There's no bonus prizes for answering quickly. No. no you've, got, you've got a little bit of think time. I'm generous with the think time. It's not Google time, but think time. Yeah. I don't think we're getting a lot of Googling with these. And I've got to say, uh, not that he needs it, but a huge shout out for Brooksy because these are good questions. So mate, far, so two good. two days in, mate. But two days of he got, quality. he got a long way to go yet. They're challenging. Brooksy, one of the best producers in the business. He's got a long way to go yet. He's two days in. Wait until Jan 29. What sort of slop are we going to get on Jan 29? I reckon if you want to get to India, just time your run. I reckon you want to call in around 28th, 29th of January. Surely he'll be reaching the bottom of the barrel there. And we, He's got we're 200 gonna... more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Hey, uh, off the text. Uh, I'm going to give him zero help, too. Zero help I'm going to give him. We were talking about, the, uh, I guess, the carrot or the stick approach uh, to junior sport. Uh, off the text. Damien Hardwick changed to cotton wool coaching. He's termed it here off the text. 
And look at the success Richmond have had. Bellamy is the most intense coach, but still creates a safe space for his team. The players love him. It is the modern way of leading and coaching. Look at athletics, little athletics for junior sports. Kids learn from an early age. It might not be the quickest, etc. but you are racing to try and get a personal best. More rewards for personal bests than coming first. Yeah, I'm not... I'm in between. I'm not quite as harsh as you, and I'm not quite as woke as some others. I, I, I like. I don't know where the line is. It's different for all sports. But I used to think you've got to have you, you've got to have wickets in cricket, and and you've got to go out first ball in cricket. But then I went along and watched a few, and I thought, oh, maybe that's unnecessarily harsh. But why do people play with sport? Why don't they just leave sport alone? Why, yeah. why can't we leave sport alone? Why are we? Why are we? Why are we being? friendly in sport when in the business world it's one of the most unfriendly environments you'll ever be involved in yet so sport pays a penalty so if you're bad at your job and you get fired yeah that yeah but you're talking so about it you're talking about a, a grown man in a in a in an, in an office as compa- compared to a seven-year-old who's just um taking up sport for enjoyment yeah but 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 let sport be sport mm. let, let you know, Sports there for a reason. It's there for participation, fitness. When did it change too? When, like it, it changed between it when does. I was a kid and when I had kids. So somewhere in the years between, we went through a, a, a stage where it the attitude towards it all, and it became more about encouraging as opposed to penalising. Especially with cricket, it, it went from bad luck you're out to let's give you twenty. But don't balls get me wrong. I think some of the changes are really good. I, I'm happy with some softening to keep participation up. But there gets to a stage where you've got to learn that there's a prize for winning and there's not a prize for losing. At some stage, Mm. you need to learn that because that life is about winning and losing in whatever environment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And that does happen, but just not at the very, very, very early. And I'm saying, look, at six years old, you don't don't have to be – but there has to be – it can't go completely no. the other way that there is no result. No, but it doesn't. There has to be a result. It doesn't. In footy, eventually – there could be one bike and two boys – Someone's going to get the bike. No, you need life lessons. I'm with you. But it's just not at the at the, at the the initial implementation of it in junior sport. I think when it gets to under 12s, they start scoring and there's no ladders in footy. No and problem. with cricket, I think it's much the same in terms of when, when you go out as opposed to just the ball's face. Hey, next chance, by the way, for the last fan standing is today. I need to say it's today. Dwayne Russell has got a seat. So if you want to play last fan standing, the pipe will be running. Uh, yeah, good, Dwayne. So the pipe might be on board as well. He's asking questions. So Jared Waitley behind the mic. Maybe the pipe will be with him as a co-commentator, and this again hurts your standing. Challenges for a seat, haven't I? You've got there's knives out everywhere. Coming everywhere for me. Forget that Daniel Craig sequel. This is a real life version of Glass Onion right here. Okay, time for this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Great to have your company on Summer Breakfast. Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell in good form this morning too is Scoob. And hopefully our women's cricketers are too, Simon, because they've got a big date at the Women's Mm. World Cup in South Africa. Repeat. In February, it's going to come upon us quick. There's some warm-up games to come against Pakistan as well. And the 15-strong 15, uh, 15 squad has just been named by Cricket Australia. And great to be joined by Beth Mooney, who, of course, is in that squad on the line this morning. Good morning to you, Beth. 
Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, it was said that there's been a couple of surprises in this squad. Um, uh, can you take us through the, the, the balance of the team? Obviously, uh, Alyssa Healy's the, the, the vice has been named, obviously, as the, the captain to lead the team as well. Can you take us through the 15-player squad and, um, and how you think it looks? Yeah, well, it's, it's not too dissimilar to the, to the squad we took to India recently. Um, obviously, with the, um, you know, unfortunately, a couple of players miss out and in high quality players in, in Nick Carey um, and Amanda Wellington from, from that 15. And, but we've managed, and obviously Phoebe Litchfield, but we've managed to be able to include Meg again, which is exciting mm. for the team. And we're looking forward to having her back in the team for the Pakistan series. And then Georgia Wareham as well, who has been an outstanding cricketer over an extended period of time, won us a lot of games for Australia. So she's come back from a from an ACL injury that she had back in October 2021. So um, it'll be awesome to welcome Wolfie back into the fold too. And we know what she can do. She's a multi-skilled athlete and um, offers us uh, opportunity with the bat, ball and in the field. So, um, yeah, looking forward to having her back around the group too. Yeah, so you've got a few returning, haven't you? I mean, obviously Meg comes back to, to skip with the team after a, a break for half a year. But then Alyssa Healy, I mentioned, so she's coming back from the calf strain as well. And, um, you, you mentioned Georgia, so there, there's a, there's a few coming back in. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Elisa Healy. I'm, I'm glad she's coming back because she can take the gloves back um, for that <laughs> for that leg of the trip, and obviously the World Cup. She's been an outstanding player for for a long period of time for Australia and a genuine match winner too. So uh, yeah, it's a really exciting time. I, I don't envy the selectors. I think it would have been a really tough selection to make for this this World Cup and. Obviously, we've been leading the way a little bit in the white ball format in the women's game in recent times. So um, to to try and nail it once again is going to be really tough, but we're all excited for the challenge. Beth, um, with that success comes challenges like you're about to face uh, here with a with a World Cup, and then the, you know, or sorry, and prior the series against Pakistan. With that success, how do you guys cope with it internally? Mm. Do you, do you talk about it? And if you talk about it. You know, how do you keep each other level-headed and, and trying to keep improving your game and not let pressure get to you? Yeah, I think, um, well, certainly from my point of view, I think the pressures that we face are a bit of a privilege based on what, what happens in the world and, and day-to-day pressures of life. So um, to be able to flip it a bit um, and, and take it on and almost be grateful for it is, is something that I like to live by and certainly our group, um, has a mantra of wanting to evolve and contribute to the global game. So we know that um, whilst we're leading the way, that other teams are getting a lot better and it's our job to help them get better as well. So, um, you know, as individuals, we, we always want to improve and contribute and things like that, especially in a team game. But at the same time, all the, all the pressure that's on us from the outside is certainly no different to, to the expectations we have on ourselves on the inside too. And easier for for you to play 2020 cricket at home or you know, you're away in South Africa? Have you experienced those conditions before and how different are they to the conditions you face here at home? I've never played there. Uh, I don't know what, how many of, our, of the squads that's been picked have experienced in South Africa. Um, I think, you know, obviously the, the T20 World Cup back in Australia in 2020 was, was a different beast. It was um, something we'd never experienced before in terms of the public interest and things like that. So um, whilst it was amazing to play on home soil, it presented a different challenge being in South Africa and, and not having a huge amount of players in the squad having experience there. 
It's always hard luck stories, isn't there? So the players that uh, that miss out, I suppose, uh, Beth, Amanda Jade Wellington's one of those. Nicola Carey is another one. These are the, as you say, you sympathise with the selectors when you can only take fifteen. You can you can mount a, an argument for another handful easily, can't you? Yeah, I think that's the. I guess that's the the bad thing about the depth that we have in Australian cricket at the moment is um, there's a, a number of players, unfortunately, missing out who perhaps would walk into any other team in the world. So. Um, you know, it's disappointing for those guys, and I certainly, as you say, empathise with that because it's it's not nice hearing that, and it's not nice being the one to make that phone call either. So, um, you know, hopefully that lights a bit of a candle for them and and gives them a bit of desire to to get back in the side and want to be a part of it as well. So, um, yeah, I think the landscape of the game is obviously changing. So, um, unfortunately, that's that's the way professional sport goes. But yeah, certainly those two have definitely been on my mind the last 24 hours since, since we got told about the squad. Beth, those three games you got against Pakistan leading into the World Cup in South Africa, are, are they games where you're known to experiment and, and try different people in different parts of the order and, and bowling at different stages of an innings? Is that something you've done in the past? Yeah, well, I think um, it's just a really good opportunity to try and find out what our best 11 is leading into that first first game against New Zealand in Feb. So um, we've got a couple of warm-up games and we get to South Africa to give people some time in the middle. But, um, yes, yeah, so three three games in a row against Pakistan at the end of the month will certainly give us an opportunity to find out what what we want the makeup of our starting 11 to look like and in what order. So uh, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a tight tussle for, for the final 11 spots in that team. And, yeah, not another... Um, job I'd want to have to do either. And Beth, have you got a sort of good grasp on, I guess, the pecking order that, that will be in place over there in South Africa? Like who the who the team, I know every every game will be a challenge, of course, you wouldn't take anyone lightly, but uh, who the main dangers might be? Oh, to be honest, I think T20, T20 World Cups are very hard to win. You've, you're essentially playing knockout cricket the whole mm. way through. Um, as soon as you drop a game, you're, you're chasing your tail a bit, which which we did um, at the previous T20 World Cup when we lost that first game to India. So um, our first game's against uh, New Zealand, and then we play South Africa at the very end of the pool stage. So um, we've certainly got to win both of those games and, and try and knock, knock the other two teams off as well. But, yeah, there's no easy game at T20 World Cups. It's a pretty fickle format, as we know, and, and certainly in, in World Cups, it, it's pretty unforgiving. Well, we wish you well. We'll certainly be following it with interest uh, here. We may well talk again, Beth. So well done on obviously uh, making the squad first and and foremost and uh, good luck uh, with the upcoming games against Pakistan and obviously safe travels over there to South Africa and the tournament beyond that. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. There's Beth Mooney there from uh, the Australian women's cricket team. She's been a success. Yes, she was. That uh, squad has just been named moments ago. Uh, 15-person squad to... Um, make up Australia's bid for a third uh, T20 title. You can get involved on the Temper 40 Wings text. They are consumers' choice winners. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. They conform to the exact shape of your body. Not too far away from the news, Scoob. Also and, not too far away from the pizza test. Oh, I've had them up, warming just, up. Is that what that's over in the toasting yes, machine over there? the two slices I've had them warming. So pizza you cooked last night, okay, I agree with you. Not ideal that... It's coming in the morning uh, after. The dough's been frozen. It's the morning us, after. You gave us the recipe. No excuses just yet. But <laughs> I've got a funny feeling the taste test is going to be pretty good. Okay. Because they smell smell nice. They smell good. Yeah. Look fresh. Okay. 
So um, while the news is on, I'm going to do a little taste test and come back with a report. <laughs> All right, I look forward. To, well, I, I think I think I look forward to that. Okay, back with Matt Preston's food review after this. I don't mind pizza for brekkie. Nom 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 nom. Well, what are you going to come up back to the microphone? Geez, you're trying to get a whole slice down. There. They're big slices. Hmm. You haven't spoken nice. for the whole news update. They're not quite. I, I, if I was, if I had it in here and I was able to do it to you fresh, it'd be nice and light and airy in the base. But hopefully, you get an understanding of what it's like. I get a, a real understanding. You're onto something, right? What do you think of the recipe? Because it's a, it's a polarizing recipe. I, I, I've never done it before. So t- for those who missed yesterday's conversation, it is a uh, not mine. I borrowed it from someone, but it's a pea puree. Mm-hmm. But it pairs nicely with roast lamb. You'll have mm-hmm. to agree. So it's a pea puree as the base of the pizza. Bit of garlic, bit of onion, then the lamb and bit of buffalo mozzarella on top. What do you think of the the mushy peas? No. I've got no problem. I'm looking for one further taste. I'm going to suggest one thing. Go. Some dry chilli over the top. Yeah. Now, what I have is not dry chilli, but I've got a, a hot honey, if you like, which is a chilli oil, basically. Now, I didn't put that on because I didn't think you needed that at 8 o'clock in the morning, but uh, maybe you did. Just a little doubt. Yeah. Loving the mix, <laughs> loving the yeah. mozzarella cheese, loving the lamb, loving the pea. You need a bit of heat. I really enjoy Your pastry is fantastic. The dough, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, your dough sorry, yeah. is fantastic. I just – sometimes the lamb can be a touch overpowering. Yeah, yeah, it I is. I reckon the chilli might just – and Break I think I mentioned, I, I cheated with the lamb too. I didn't cook it myself. I went to a souvlaki joint, got it from the Greeks. So they, they do, Good stuff. they do yeah. flavor it up, don't they? On mm. those, um, Actually, you can taste it. Yeah. 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 Lamb flavor. So I reckon it? if I was to go to the effort of, you know, roasting a lamb myself, just, just, just basic lamb. It then it gets thinner slices. How do you cut up those chunks um, off a roast lamb? Yeah. Well, they had that with the, yeah. off the hero. But very nice. Really the good. Surprised me. I surprised you? Yeah, surprised me. Not often you see a green pizza, do you? But, no. Um, oh, I like, I like your idea. I think this is worth – I think it's worth – you should persisting? be talking to the local persisting? pizza man. Yeah, right. Okay. Maybe I'll do a bit a bit on the side. Yeah. Little, Maybe Nadia will have to shuffle. Cashy. Can Nadia shuffle her toasty machine over and I'll bring my pizza oven in <laughs> and just set it up over there and run a little side go. hustle. Actually, Maccas might talk to you. Macca's pizzas. What we could do is have a meeting with Macca's over in India when we, when I go over. That's a good idea. And try and see if we can get the pizza oven into the McDonald's restaurant. What an exotic mix. Macca's pizzas in India. Mm. There you go. What more you do... are an ideas man. <laughs> Mind boggles. What more do you want? Yes. Hey, uh, we're going to chat with Bryce Gibbs, who knows a thing or two about being a high draft pick. Not yet. I haven't finished my pizza. <laughs> Moving interstate. Uh, he obviously is a, a great and valued member here of us here at uh, SENSA Footy and AFL Nation. And um, Fisher Mackesy was the big story yesterday. The high draft pick, uh, Victorian, born and raised, decided yesterday to, to hang him up at the age of 21, uh, having been drafted uh, very high in 2019, the 10 games to his name at the Crows. So I wanted to catch up with Bryce about Fisher Mackesy, but get his thoughts on on his old his other old mob, the Blues as well, a season a season coming up of great anticipation and expectation and promise. Sam Walsh, the early injury setback there, but where he might see Michael Voss's men uh, and how they're positioned ahead of the 2023 season. So we'll do all that with Bryce Gibbs, the former number one uh, draft pick on the other side of this break, provided 
Simon O'Donnell can get his second mm. slice of uh, pizza nice. down. Right. All right, get busy, please, Simon. Mm. Need you to mm. digest that before we get Bryce on. Nom, nom, nom. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Well, Bryce Gibbs played 268 games after being the number one draft pick in the 2006 draft. Uh, played for the Blues, where he won a uh, John Nichols medal before finishing his career at Adelaide. And now it's a great pleasure to say he's part of the SEN team and AFL Nation as well. And he joins us on the line. Uh, Bryce, welcome to you. Thanks for your time, mate. Good morning, Sammy. Simon. Great to hear from you. Hope you had a good new year. Uh, it was a big story uh, out your way yesterday, and um, we were speaking earlier about, I guess, the, the bravery, uh, and I call it bravery, of Fisher Mackesy to make a decision that um, people wouldn't have expected. Some might not even understand, but um, to depart from what's expected and to do what is right for him, and that was to, to hang up the boots at the age of, of 21. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, and, yeah, it would have, certainly would have come uh, as a shock to, to a couple of people. But, um, you yeah, know, it is, it is a little bit sad to see and it was a little bit disappointing. Obviously, a, a high draft pick for, for the Adelaide Crows only a few years ago um, that they really needed. I think they were, they were drafting for, for the future down in their back line. Obviously, uh, he was seen as a, a potential replacement for, for Daniel Talia uh, after he retired. So um, certainly showed a lot of promise and a, a lot of the dealings I had with Fisher um, were, were really positive ones. So, um, yeah, for him to, to make... I, I'm with you. It's a brave decision, certainly not an easy decision. I think he was quoted saying how difficult the decision was mm. to come to, but um, it sounds like this, this is the right decision for him at the moment um, and, and one that uh, he's, he's content with. Yeah, we should point out, obviously, it might not be forever. Who knows what's to, to come? He's a young man. I... I don't know how well you knew him, Bryce. I know you often get asked to, to discuss, you know, the pressure on high draft picks, given you were one and you also relocated interstate. There's the support network around players has obviously come a long way in, in recent times. I mean, can you speak a bit to that? I mean, obviously he had the talent, but perhaps not the, the desire. I mean, it, it takes the, the whole package, but there would be many players in the competition like him that don't live and breathe and, and eat the game. Oh, you're 100 percent right, and every everybody's different. Everyone's personality is different. Everyone handles pressures differently, I suppose. And, and there's no doubt. I mean, when when you're an early pick, there is added pressure, and and fans and supporters um, can be a little bit impatient at times. I think sometimes early picks are expected to come in and and make a, an immediate impact, and, and sometimes that's not always the case. And we see a lot, uh, especially with the, the bigger boys, they do take a little bit longer, but you, you would have thought by now that um, the, the talent that he had, and, and as you said, the, the, the upside that he had, he'd, be, he'd be, certainly be a lock in their defence at the moment. But, um, oh, look, I mean, there might be other reasons that has affected that him personally, but the dealings I had with him, I had a lot of optimism when he came into the club. He was... He was very, um, he's, he was very mature beyond his ages, um, very respectful, and he actually reminded me of a, a young Jacob Wiedering that stepped into to Carlton when when he first um, uh, got drafted. So I certainly had a lot of a uh, lot of excitement around what what he could do for the footy club, and and as we as we've seen it, it just hasn't worked out. And, and, and as you said, 
the, the AFL caper and the, the day-to-day grind, it's not for everyone. It, it can be tough work and, and certainly relocating. And, and we've got to remember, too, it was in a, in a COVID year. It was, I think that's COVID just hit when he first walked in the door. So the dynamics around the footy club and the trainings and the schedule was certainly a lot different to, to what it is now. And uh, maybe he felt isolated at times. And um, now that everything's back on track and uh, back sort of back to the way it used to be. Um, yeah, AFL footy and the day-to-day grind just might not be for him, and, and sometimes that's okay as well. Bryce, interesting from your point of view, you've experienced the, the relocation that you refer to. When people are under president, I think the first thing you go to is, is something you relate to, something where your comfort zone is. So if you're home here in Melbourne, it's, it's where you were born and bred. You, you go home and, and, and things are very familiar to you, your surroundings are all very comfortable. Tell us about some of the pressures you've experienced when you, you came over from Adelaide to Melbourne and you know things aren't going exactly the way you want them to. You know, what, what did you call on? How, how did you find strength to continue to cope? I was pretty lucky, Simon. Um, I think a big um, reason for me to, to find the transition easier, I... I obviously was a, a high pick and, and got an opportunity early uh, in, a, in a struggling side. Um, so I certainly felt a part of the team uh, pretty much straight away. So I think, I think that helps. And it wasn't probably un- until later in my career when I, when I found um, some of the struggles in terms of being in and out of the side and trying to find form and, and trying to find your place in the side. At the end of my career, I was able to handle that a lot better as I'd had a lot of experience behind me and, and been in the system for a long period of time. If I'd had a dealt with that at the start of my career, I certainly would have struggled a lot more with it. And, and I struggled with it at the end of it, to be honest as mm. well. So for, for guys to, to go through that, it, it's extremely hard. Um, and yeah, obviously relocating is difficult. And as I said before, in a, in a COVID year or two made it extremely harder because you couldn't go out and socialise with other players and, and meet other people as well. So that certainly made it harder. But I was actually drafted with Mark Austin, who I went to school with and, and who's one of my best mates as well. So being, having, having one of your best mates there with me going through the experience and being a part of the team and playing every week uh, certainly made it a lot easier. Um, but I think Fisher did play about uh, eight or ten games in his first year, so he certainly got an opportunity early, and um, would have, would have certainly felt a, a part of the, the team straight away. But um, yeah, obviously found it a, a lot harder after that. And um, yeah, it, as I said, it, it affects everyone in in different ways. It's fascinating, you know, to, to listen to you talk about that, Bryce. That you know, at the end of your career, you were still craving when that you know, th- those. Uh, life choices, if you like, started to happen and those challenges were, were being thrust in front of you that you still, after being such a long period away from home, were, were actually wanting the comforts of home to help you make those decisions and cope with what was being put in front of you. Oh, certainly. I mean, I'm, not, I'm more talking about, uh, you know, getting picked for the side and, and trying to get your way back in and and keeping high standards at training and, and showing the coaches everything to get back in. In terms of coming back to Adelaide, I was at a point in my life where uh, that was the right decision for our family and you know, starting to have young children and, and those sort of things that sort of certainly came into my decision-making then. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of the day-to-day 
working to, to earn your spot back and um, and trying to to play consistent footy, to play in the best 22. Um, yeah, I found that certainly hard at the end of my career and I certainly wouldn't have been able to... It would have been a, a, certainly a lot tougher at the start of my career, which I didn't experience because I, I was playing at a team that was struggling and, and got probably a, a lot more opportunity than I would have if I was playing in a strongly side save. Speaking of Bryce Gibbs, Bryce, what's your read on your old mob, Carlton? You played more than 200 games for him. Still got a couple of uh, former teammates at the club. Um, they overhauled their identity completely, obviously, under Michael Voss last year. Ultimately, it ended with a sour taste, and injuries were a factor last year. And then uh, the devastating news for them is obviously that Sam Walsh is out indefinitely with back surgery. But what level of optimism should Carlton supporters have as uh, Michael Voss enters uh, his second season in charge? Well, I think it's uh, it's the times now, isn't it, Sam? Uh, I don't think there's there's many more excuses for Carlton uh, as it mm. sits. So I'm certainly very very optimistic. I, I think they've got the right pieces in place now to to have a a really a, a four to five year um, really really successful period. I mean, they've got a great list. Uh, they're well coached. Uh, I think there's still a lot of improvement to come uh, in a lot of their players as well. Um, yeah, the forward line, they got the two twin towers up there in, in Colonel and Mackay. Um, their midfield have uh, got a good, really good inside-outside balance, and they're, they're, a lot of them are really good two-way runners. And, and their defence, they've got some great attacking options off the back there, and, and one of the best key defenders in the game. So, in terms of the, the team dynamics, I mm. think it's, it sits really well. Um, I think. Even uh, a, a little thing in terms of individual awards now. So you've got a couple of guys that have won Coleman's now. You've got a Brownlow medalist in there. All those sort of individual awards that you don't go out to play for and win, but they've all been ticked off now. So they don't really have to worry about those sort of things anymore. They can just focus on winning games of footy and, and having a, a really successful period at this footy club, which they haven't had for a very long time. So I think, the times now, they should be. They certainly should be aiming for top four. I think it's certainly doable in what is going to be a, a pretty even competition, though. I think the, the top eight is going to be uh, mm. ex- extremely uh, challenging to get into and, and very competitive. But um, it's now or never for, for Carlton. And I think the time's now. And I think uh, the right pieces are in place to do something special. And just got 30 seconds here before we let you go. But I know you know him quite well. Jason Orr Francis made the, the big switch. I mean, it did blow up the trade period um, last year to go back home. He's at Port Adelaide, of course. You mentored him, uh, uh, I guess, to some degree at South Adelaide. He's back training again. How, what sort of space is, uh, is he in, do you know? Yeah, really good. He was uh, he was even in a better space before he, he had this little hiccup mm. with his hips and his surgery. He was running some personal best times and was really keen to, to hit pre-season uh, on, a, on a strong note. Uh, I, I think he's back running now. Um, he'll ramp up his, his program over the next couple of months and uh, he'll be ready to go. He's, he's really keen to, to prove a few wrong that have that have knocked his decision to, to come back home. But, uh, I mean, Port are, are primed to bounce back as well this year. They're, they're extremely well-placed and the improvement uh, of Jason and, you know, um, Butters and, and Josh Shin, I think. is uh, another one that can, can really take this club uh, back to the top eight, I think, this year. Always good to talk to you, mate. Appreciate your insights. Uh, have a good day. No worries, boys. Thanks for having me on. There's Bryce Gibbs there uh, over in Adelaide off the back of uh, Fisher Mackesy's decision to retire yesterday. But uh, always great. You okay? No. You're as white as a sheet, aren't you? They just had a snake. Even the snake on a television oh, sends man. you up there. Did you see that? 
Was they milked the st- death adder <laughs> on sunrise. You see the two hosts? Yeah. They couldn't even sit on the couch while no. they were doing it. There's no, two, that was... Oh, that, that was horrendous. To be fair to you, that was pretty full on. Oh. Uh, you went quiet there for a moment. Now oh. I know why. Uh, we'll take a break. It's our final one. Back to wrap up and hand over to uh, to the swooper. Julian Stoop up next. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. It's been great to have your company on Summer Breakfast. Beth Mooney, if you missed her, up and podcasted that squad name for the T20 World Cup in South Africa in a month's time. Bryce Gibbs joined us as well up at sen.com.au as we welcome in Julian DeStoop. Welcome he, to you, Jules. He's not bad, is he, Simon? He's not bad. What's happened? Oh, let's get Bryce on to talk about Fisher Mac. You just keep That's pointing not... at me saying, oh, I'll do the next question. I'll do the next question. <laughs> oh, I was really keen on getting involved in the interview and wasn't allowed to. Okay, what a reach. You wanted to pick his brain about Carlton. You are reaching. What's on your I show? I bet tonight? I know what's in the promo for the show tomorrow. <laughs> well, he didn't spare the blues. He said it's now or never. Run out of excuses. Is it really now or never? I think they've run out of excuses. I think mm, it's not now or never. We've been making excuses since well, what's, 66. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't win the flag in 2023. Well, it's not about making winning the flag. It's about making the eight. Can't supporters are like, well, WTF? Yes, they will be like WTF <laughs> if they don't make the eight. They should make the eight. And Surely. I think they will. I think they will. Anyway. you got an individual at Carlton that needs to prove the critics wrong this year? Oh, I want to throw that out there today. Okay. Off the There's, back of? Well, I've heard uh, Jason Horn francis yes. and I've heard Dylan Shield talk. There's a heap of them. Got one at Carlton that needs to... Uh, stand up. Stand up. Prove uh, the critics wrong. Oh, I think, no, they're all flying down there at the oh. moment. No, I reckon Zach Williams. I'd like there to see Zach Williams Perfect. have a full, uninterrupted season. Uh, fitness, form, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. I'm going to test the temperature of the Australian Open as well. Oh. A low-key build-up this year. We'll be listening. Julian DeStoop's up next. Hello, it's Julian DeStoop. I got my name wrong. 